the way to join the seat. Drinking on sir, can't sleep. Can't sleep. Drinking on sir, can't sleep. Can't sleep. Bitch, I don't do bluffing. Suicide Boys the song was called Cold Turkey featuring of course Puya. That was off the album uh, Southside Suicide. Oh my god. Wow, it's been a hot fucking minute since I uh talked to you guys. Um so I was going to go right into it. Um a lot of shit has happened. It's been like fucking probably almost a month. I don't even fucking know. But um Yeah. Um All right, so I guess we could just jump right in the shit that pops in my head that's happened. Shit that uh little continue my little diary here, my little audio diary to the world. Um something that happened on Reddit. Um I forgot even what the fucking initial post was about, 
but it was something that had to do with fucking tipping or no it was on Instagram it was on Instagram and something about fucking tipping people and you know I forgot what the main poster meme was about but I said um, when you tip somebody the amount that you tip is not to be a percentage of the total cost of your meal or services. That shouldn't that shouldn't be the main reason why you tip somebody or the amount that you tip somebody should not be based off the price, the total price of whatever you're paying. A tip is you saying to the person it's a gesture it's a physical a separate transaction to the actual server the person giving you service it's a way of you saying yes the service that you provided me i want you to have this much money because i think that what you did for me the service that you provided for me was worth this much more I'm already paying for the fucking hamburger or whatever the fuck it is. It's $25, whatever the fuck it is. I'm paying that to the restaurant because that's what I owe them for a goods or services or uh, a transaction of something that I already initially supposed to buy. I wanted the hamburger. The person bringing me the hamburger, refilling my drinks, taking my order, that is a different transaction. It's easier to say, okay, fine, I'm going to give them a percentage of the total cost of the product. Sure, it's easier that way. Okay, fine, the hamburger costs $25. I'm going to give them 10, 15, 20% of that. It's easier to do the math that way. But that is not, that should not be the concrete amount or calculation that you do to give to the person. Um, serving you if a server is serving me food and they do just they do their job right they brought the food out they took down my order correctly so that the person making the food made my food the way that I want it they came by and asked if I needed anything at good intervals throughout my meal they refilled glasses, they asked to refill glasses, whatever the case may be. We are entering a separate agreement now when the server comes to your table. I'm already going to pay for the goods that I wanted, I came in there for. That's regardless, I have to do that. You know, generally speaking. But once that person taking my order and who will eventually bring it out to me and, and provide me extra services to make sure that my service or my experience is good that's a separate agreement so if the person serving me just does their job and they did everything that they that no, nothing was out of the ordinary good or bad I'm gonna I'll, I'll, I'll me personally I will tip you the easy way which is to give them a percentage 
of the bill because it's easier that way and it's usually the amount of money that that percentage is that's usually the amount that I want to give them anyway it's just easier to do the math that way so if I go to fucking goddamn Buffalo Wild Wings and the server did their job they did it adequately they weren't extraordinary and they weren't shitty they just did what they were supposed to do in a timely fashion I'll give them 10% of whatever the bill is and that 10% of the bill is usually the amount I want to give them as an appreciation for their job for them actually doing the legwork for putting up with the bullshit of being a server in a service industry but if this service is shitty or it could have been better better than the normal standard of a server I'm not going to tip you just the lowest 10% I'm going to give you what I think that you deserve for the quality of service that you provided me so if I get a $50 meal and your service is fucking shitty I'm not giving you 10% of $50 unless I think that you know your service is worth that little but if it was worth less I might give you a dollar I might not give you shit you're rude late whatever the case may be I was I personally did not enjoy how the server treated me so if that's the case I'm gonna give you what you think you deserve so if you do a shitty job I think you know what just for you working here I'll give you an extra two dollars I'll give you two dollars I'm not giving an extra anything actually I'm giving the person a two dollar tip if it's really shitty service you're not getting a fucking thing you're not getting a fucking thing tipping to the percentage of the cost of the meal or the cost of services is not the concrete way to tip somebody a tip is extra it's a completely separate financial agreement or financial transaction it's a different type of interaction with a totally different person they work for the restaurant but they might as well be an independent fucking contractor at that point so I said something like that like like a tip should not be concrete it's not a you don't tips it's not a standardized thing to tip somebody a, a, a concrete percentage it's not always 10 15 or 20 percent 25 percent of the total bill that's not how it works it can work that way if you want to if you get a meal and the service was blah 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 whatever the service was whatever you thought it was and you get the check and it tells you that at the bottom of the receipt it says 20% is whatever amount and you think to yourself was their service worth you know $10 think fine give it to them give them the, use that metric use that, that algorithm to give them 20% people get caught up in this thing where it's 10 15 20 25 normal and okay service is 10% they did pretty good give them 15 20 they did really good give them 25 
No. You can't get locked into these boxes when you're tipping somebody. And then, of course, service people blew up in the fucking comments about what I said. Oh, people live off these tips and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. That's not my fucking problem. That is not my fucking problem. You're not going to fucking goddamn guilt me into supplementing your income. The life choices you made to work in the service industry are very apparent to you. It's not a new concept. It's not a mystery. It's not ominous. You go into the service industry, you know that getting tips is a big part of the money you take home at the end of the day or at the end of the week or at the end of the month. You knew that going in. So it is not my responsibility to secure your livelihood with tips. It is not. If you didn't want to worry about how much money you're going to make at a job, don't go into a profession to where you are at the mercy of people's happiness and that would dictate how much money you get in your pocket. It's the wrong profession. You can't fucking blame somebody and say, oh, we live off these tips, we make shit wages, and you know we need those tips to survive like this. Well, why? Why are you there? That's not my problem as a consumer. Sure, I got sympathy for it, but at the same time, the amount of money you get tipped is completely reliant on you and overall the entire establishment experience. You can't rely on guilt and sympathy to supplement your income. If you are a person in the service industry who likes to cry about saying that we survive on tips, I need those tips to live because the base pay is bullshit, that's not my problem. You need to take that up with your employer. Your employer is the one screwing you over, not me because you gave me shitty service and I gave you a small tip. Shitty service, small tip, good service, big tip. That's how it fucking works. No matter how you want to give them the money. If you want to do the percentage thing, the 10, 15, 20, 25, if you want to do that, that's fine. And if everybody in the world does, did, or has to use that metric or had to use that metric, that's fine. But the, the fact still remains is if you give shitty service, you're not going to get a 25% tip of the total. You're probably going to get 10 or 5%. It doesn't matter if someone uses the, the solid number algorithm or they use their best judgment to give them a custom tip. The main fact remains is you have to do good service to get a higher tip whether it be the 10, 15, 20, or me giving you $7 because I think that your service between me and you was worth $7 in your pocket. I want to give you $7 for how, how well you served my food or treated me during this experience. And people are fucking crying about that shit. I'm like, no, that doesn't fucking matter. You, you chose to do this profession. You chose to be at the mercy of 
the human element. So why is it the consumer's responsibility to pay the restaurant and you a certain amount? I have to pay the restaurant for the burger. What the question mark is and what is up for interpretation and what is up for what is not up for debate is how much I give you personally for putting the fucking burger on my table and bringing me a goddamn Pepsi. And I, I reserve the right to not tip at all. If I feel that the person who served my food didn't do a good job. Fuck that. And people have this whole, there's this whole stigma about tipping that if you don't tip, you know, that's wrong. That's mean. You're cheap. No, it's not about that. It's about how well I got served. That's the point of how much a person gets tipped. Because if I get shitty service, I will not fucking tip. And that's just basically between me and the person handing out my fucking burger. Nothing to do with the restaurant. And I put it in another way. I put it this way. If you go to a restaurant, a fancy restaurant, and you sit down at a table, and the only thing that you buy is a 500 bottle $500 bottle of champagne. That's all you get. You don't get any food, no appetizers, nothing, no no fucking vodka, no mixed drinks, no beers, nothing. You go in there by yourself. Let's say that. Let's make it real simple. You go in there. You walk into a fancy restaurant, sit down, and say, I want a $500 bottle of champagne. And a motherfucker brings it out to you, and that's it. You don't need anything else. From there. You don't need any water. Nothing. You say that up front. All I want is this champagne. Do not ask me for anything else. Do not bring me anything else. All I want is that champagne, and that's it. Leave me alone, and I will let you know when I'm done. This is just a scenario, and that's all the person does. They bring you some champagne in five minutes or whatever. Should that server get, let's say, what's the standard percentage of a tip that people like to do? What's what's this the, the standard? 10, 15%. Let's just say it's 10%. That's, that's the magic number everyone likes to use. 10% is a tip, right? That's the lowest you're allowed to go in society or else you, people are going to get mad at you, right? So let's say you buy a $500 bottle of champagne and all the motherfucker does is bring it to you and that's it. You are He is not needed for anything else. Does that action, does that physical movement of bringing a champagne bottle to your table and nothing else deserve 10% of $500. No, it doesn't. It does not. Now you could say if you could afford a $500 bottle of champagne, what's the big deal of tipping them, whatever the fuck it is, right? Sure. That's true. If you're buying a $500 bottle of champagne, you could tip them whatever the fuck you want probably. But the fact is that they didn't do anything. All they did was carry a fucking glass bottle to your table and did nothing else at your request. That does not warrant a 10% of $500. That doesn't require any tip at all. Technically, they didn't really fucking do shit. 
you did more work than they did in your personal transaction, in your personal interaction between the two of you, you and the server. You did more work than they did. You had to go to the restaurant. You had to wait there. You had to sit down and order. All they did was bring it to you. That's not 10% of 500. It's not worth it. But of course, you're probably going to fucking do it anyway, because why the fuck not? But that's just a scenario that I'm trying to convey that the amount of service and the quality of service, that's what dictates the, that's what dictates the amount of money you get in a tip. And people are talking about, well, well, the money for tips is not good. Service industry, this and that. Like You could say all that shit all you want. That's still not my problem as a consumer. That is not my problem. If the people in the service industry have a problem with their wages and needing tips, that they always like to say they need tips, they need tips, they need tips to survive, then you need to work somewhere else. If your base pay needs to be supplemented by the kindness of strangers and hoping that the stigma of tipping sustains your life. No, because there's a lot of places around the world that don't want you to tip. There's a lot of cultures in the world that tipping is wrong for whatever reason, culturally, you know, you know, people might think it's rude to tip because they're just doing their job, whatever the case may be. Tipping is not a universal standard. It is not a global standard. And there's lots of places in the United States that have signs up at tables that tell you, do not feel the need to tip our servers or waitresses or whatever. We pay them more or well enough, whatever verbers they want to use. They tell you up front on the table, they tell you that you don't need to tip us. You don't need to tip our people. If you want to, go right ahead. But you don't need to. Because we pay them well. We pay them what they deserve. And that's the way it should be. Even if they don't have a sign up at a restaurant like that. So if a person is in the service industry is complaining about tips. Oh, this person stiffed me on a on an $80 tip. No, well, did they? Were they just really cheap? Or did you provide shitty service? Was was the tip that you got lower than that standardized, stigmatized 10%, 15%, 20%? Okay, let's, let's put it another way. Let's say the, the bill was $80. Does the amount of money constitute the amount of work that the server put in to deserve a certain percentage of that total $80? No, not always. Were they running back and forth to run up an $80 bill maybe? Maybe they came in for a fucking grilled cheese sandwich and then then you had the waitress running back and forth for fucking alcohol and drinks and condiments and, and ordering extra shit after the fact. Then yeah, maybe, maybe pay him some more. Then maybe go to that metric and say, you know what? We had that fucking girl running back and forth for fucking alcohol and vodka and beer and appetizers after we ordered our main meal. Then, yeah, okay, fucking pay her some money because you had her running back and forth. Because she did some more extra work. She did some fucking legwork. Good for her. Here's some more money. But let's just say you and five friends ordered one thing all at the same time and it became $100. 
and you didn't need her for anything else. Does her leg work? Does her effort to provide service warrant a 20% tip on a $100, $200 bill? No, it doesn't. Because you ordered a lot of shit and she brought it out and that was it. You didn't have a running back and forth. It just so happens what she did bring out to you was a lot of money. But was her work, was the work that she did as a waitress worth 20% of a $100 bill? That's up for you to decide. But if not, you pay her a tip that you feel that she deserves for the work that she did. If anything, the cook did more work than she did if you ordered a whole bunch of shit and she just brought it out to you. So no. Giving a tip based off a standardized fucking percentage system is not the way to go. It is easier, of course. And usually it's easier because you see, oh, 20% of a $40 tip is this much. Yeah, that dude probably deserved it for the service that he gave us. Usually that's the case. That's why it's there. But if you give shitty service or service that doesn't warrant 20% of a 40, 50, 60, $80 bill, then no, you're not going to get 20% of that. You're not going to get 15% of that. You're probably going to get 10. Maybe if the work that the physical actual work you did of serving me food warranted that much money, whatever money I decide to give you. And people get all fucking freaked out about that. Like, well, hey, you decided to join that industry. There are plenty, plenty of jobs, entry level jobs in this country. No matter what you want to think about the, the, the job market nowadays, there are still plenty of other entry level jobs that a person with no skills could jump into and still make more money, make enough money. Let's put it that way. You can still make enough money at entry level jobs in this country. That you don't need tips. You could go work at a warehouse somewhere, entry level job, doing manual labor or doing office work. Do those people rely on tips to survive? No. Whether they make good money or shitty money is one thing. But the fact is, that's not a tip driven industry. There's some fucking forklift driver at Amazon making 15 bucks an hour. Say, oh, I need, I need tips to survive. No. Do they have another job? Maybe. So if a waitress or a waiter is making $10 an hour, I'm talking California, and you need tips to su supplement your income and to survive, to live, work somewhere else. You don't have to work at Olive Garden. You don't have to fucking work at Buffalo Wild Wings. You don't have to work at, you know, Evergreen fucking bar and grill, wherever the fuck you want to work. You can do something else. You chose to work in an industry that you are relying on the kindness and compassion of other people to supplement your, your base income. That is your problem. And that's a problem between you and your employer. You need to tell your employer, I know it's not that easy. I know it doesn't work like that all the time. But if your employer says you're going to make $10 an hour, 
plus you get to take home your tips. If you can't live on $10 an hour, because let's say you don't get any tips, some crazy anomaly happens on planet Earth where that night you don't make any tips. Can you survive at $10 an hour? Probably fucking not. So why don't you fucking hedge your bets and get a job to where you don't need fucking tips. You don't need to rely on extra from somebody. Because even if you do, you're an excellent fucking server. You're polite. You're timely. You're attentive. Not everyone's going to tip you. Some people are just straight up fucking assholes. They will not tip you no matter how good your service is. You might not get it. You might you might go three, three customers deep and not get a tip, or you might go three ten customers deep and get okay tips. You might get one. You might you might get good tips every fifth fucking customer. You chose that life. So when a person says, "I'm going to tip based on quality of service," you can't get mad at them. You chose that fucking profession. So yeah, I fucking hate that shit. But um, yeah, that's yeah that happened a while ago. But yeah, yeah, that's the kind of lowercase hate that gets me when people think that they they just stigmatize and standardize everything to the point to where if you don't do that in society, you are looked down upon. Like, don't fucking get mad at me because this person did shitty service and I still got to do this fucking, you know, society fucking driven 10% minimum bullshit. No. If I go get my fucking haircut and they, they did all right and they barely cut my hair the way that I wanted them to, I'm not going to tip them $5. I might not tip them anything, maybe a dollar, but if I go get my hair cut and you were fucking quick, friendly, did my hair fucking perfect the way that I wanted it to, got it right the first time, didn't have to ask me much about how to do it, you were a professional, you had enough experience, and did your job well enough, you didn't have to need me to tell you or reassure me or reassure yourself that you're doing the right thing. I get it. For a haircut, you want to make sure that someone gets it right because it's going to be a while until it can get fixed. But if you're a legit fucking hairstylist, if someone tells you something, but my hair is easy to cut. My hair is medium length for a guy. It's slicked back and I do a fade on the sides. One to a zero, medium fade usually. My hair is simple, very simple to fucking cut. And I barely even cut anything off the top until it gets like five, six inches. You don't, you shouldn't need to keep asking me how to cut my hair. And it shouldn't take that long either. Should To cut my hair from the time I sit down to the time I get up, it shouldn't take more than fucking 10 minutes to cut my hair. Maybe 15 if they're doing, a, if they're, if they're really going the extra mile to be perfect and do give me a really good haircut. It might take 15, 15, 20 minutes if they don't have to fucking stop and talk to anybody, which I don't hold that against them because they got to answer the phone. There's no one else working, whatever, but just spent time cutting my hair. 
20 minutes tops. Not including washing or anything, none of that shit. I'll give you five bucks. Easy. Here's five dollars for you. I'll pay the twenty dollars for the haircut to the actual establishment. But I want to give you five dollars because I think that you did such a good job. I want to give you an I want you to have five dollars. But yeah. Anyway, that's that. That's the tip argument that I I had a while ago. Alright, it's time for some music. I've been talking for thirty fucking minutes about tipping. Get me fucking get me kind of pissed off again. Alright, let's try to keep it short. I got a lot of shit to tell you guys. So I'm gonna search I'm gonna do random by time this time. I'm gonna do by length of time. Okay. Oh no, we just did rap. I'll do something else. Oh. Uh, uh, I don't know. A lot of the short songs are rap songs. I guess I'll just keep it regular. Fuck it. Oh, I know. That was good. I'm going to go back to that artist. I haven't heard them in a long time. This song's good. It has some really good double bass section in the drumming, um, if I remember correctly. Um, okay. All right, here we go. This song is called My Fears Have Become Phobias. Uh, yeah. My, I'm gonna, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. My Fears Have Become Phobias by the artist... By the band, As Blood Runs Black, off the album, Allegiance. All right, BRB.
like that. All right. As blood runs black. Oh, my God. That was a long time ago, man. I don't even remember. That was like, what, 2000, 2007, 2008-ish times? That was back in the day. That song was... That band did pretty good, man. They, um... Yeah, they were pretty solid all the way through for that album. Uh, their album after that was pretty good, too. Um, I saw them a long time ago. 2011 or 12 Summer Slaughter Tour. Um beautiful but i don't know what happened to them i think they they fell off after their second album i think um but yeah dude they were i don't know i think they could hang on maybe something maybe with the record label i don't know what the fuck happened to them but they were pretty good for back then i think um especially that song it was a pretty good video too um but um all right let's get back into it um I saw the movie finally. I was wanting to see it when it first uh um the initial time it came out. It looked like a pretty fun concept. Uh American Assassin um had Michael Keaton in it and some other people I think, I don't know. But uh if you haven't seen it, basically the rundown is um this guy, you know, probably early 20s mid 20s you know kid uh you know typical shit you know living life you know good looking good looking girlfriend you know they go on this vacation to i forgot where you know some tropical place um you know he proposes to her on the beach it's nice and cute and sexy and um then a terrorist attack goes down on the beach um just they just start unloading on everybody with AKs, man. Just start, just start clapping, motherfuckers. Just want wanton disregard. Just anybody and everybody is getting shot, right? So of course his fucking girlfriend gets shot and dies. He gets shot a couple times, and then you know it's pretty unrealistic what happens as a result of that. But they kind of justify that the kid is really smart. You know, he's like some borderline genius in his own right. <clears throat> and so she gets killed and he just goes on this fucking rampage of trying to get to the bottom of who these people were, why they did it. He ends up, he fucking learns Arabic, you know, he starts chatting with members or lead members of the terrorist group and tries to infiltrate them try to act like he wants to join the jihadist movement become a muslim and all this shit trying to join the cause right and then he's gonna go in there and then just you know blow him up from the inside you know no help of course he got dead ends from the government and he couldn't get anything done so he just goes out on his own and does all this shit you know completely unrealistic for you know anybody in real life to be able to do this shit so he does all this shit, you know, he, he's, he's in contact with the fucking, you know, the ISIS, I'm guessing. I don't know if they even mentioned it by name, ISIS, but basically ISIS type fucking, you know, um, outfit. And then he gets, uh, he, he fucking, you know, he cons his way in there, 
you know, he's got all this shit fucking crazy. Like he's talking, he knows Arabic and fluently. He knows how to type it. He knows, you know, they start quizzing him about see if he's really about being in the fucking terrorist fucking group. And he gets in there he goes to fucking whatever country to meet up with them. You know, they fucking, you know, scare tactic his ass. They tie him up in a chair and ask him questions to see if he's really about it. And just as he's about to, you know, like do his work, you know, probably end up getting killed. But, you know, he's still blinded by rage of the killing of his fucking fiance. So he's going to he's going to go in there by himself with like 20 fucking jihadists around him that will probably end up killing him. But, you know, he's been training for this for fucking years or some shit, you know, like he knows how to handle a weapon and all this shit. He's just fucking just completely just drunk on rage and revenge. So he's just, you know, a self-taught fucking John Wick, you know, so he's going to go in there and try to fucking kill everybody, you know, in the terrorist organization on his own. So just as about, he's about to break out of his restraints and do whatever the fuck he was going to do. The, you know, the military pops in and starts handling the business for him, you know, and blah, blah, blah. At the end of when the dust settles from that fucking conflict, what was it, the CIA or something like that, or FBI or one of the two, that they they noticed that he did all this fucking leg. We're like, oh, my God, we got to, we should get this guy. We should recruit this guy. And have him trained and get him more refined and all this shit. And he could be an asset because he knows how to do this shit on his own. And if we just cultivate him and he'll be a, an excellent fucking agent. And then we could, you know, start, you know, uh, thwarting future terrorist plots. Or I, th- I think what happened, they, they wanted to send him after the big fish. And then what he was trying to do from the beginning, get to the guy who really is in charge of all this shit. So, you know, then he, they, he goes into you know, training, you know, the whole montage of him getting recruited into the CIA. And they're like, he's like, no, I don't want to be a part of your shit. I tried to apply for you guys. You guys told me to fuck off and I already know I'm smart enough to do it. And then, you know, fuck you guys. I got, I got in to that terrorist organization. I did all this shit on my own and you guys couldn't do shit. You know, I did more, I got more progress than you on my own than the whole U S government could have done. You know, he's just shit talking and proving how smart he is and, Finally, he he does, you know, goes into training to do this, you know, super duper secret squirrel shit. And then they send him to the veteran fucking badass of the CIA, um, Michael Keaton. And then, of course, they go through that whole process of him getting trained. But, of course, he's fucking arrogant and hard-headed and he has his fucking tr- troubles of getting trained. You know, no... You know, he's so fucking, you know, steely eyed and narrow focused on his mission that he doesn't want to hear from anybody else. And he's having trouble getting trained. He has a problem with authority, blah, blah, fucking blah. And then, you know, they go through all that shit like, oh, yeah, the Michael Keaton character is like, oh, he's got he's got a problem. I can't fucking teach this guy. I don't give a fuck. You know, he, he has no fucking business in my program. And then, you know, the fucking, you know, super badass fucking director of the CIA telling him like oh you know just give him a chance you know wasn't he doesn't he remind you of you back in the day and 
you know, just keep training him, blah, blah, blah. So they do that whole thing. He gets in there, start doing missions, you know, and he's kind of got like this art ulterior motive. He's not really about the team. Yeah, he's in there doing work for the U.S. government now. But at the same time, he's still trying to do accomplish his personal directive or his personal um, vendetta. Um, so he has a little couple missteps while he's out on missions with people like he's trying to do his own thing, get his own revenge. But it ends up becoming a problem and getting people killed because he's not following the rules, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it was a fun movie to watch. It was a pretty good movie. Um, the realness, the realistic nature of it, something like that being able to happen in real life, very slim chance that that happened. But um, for theatrics and entertainment purposes, it was a good movie. I liked it. I'd, I'd, uh, I'm not gonna, I wouldn't write it off, um, even with the unrealistic nature of it, because hey, it's a fucking movie. It's entertainment, so it can't doesn't have to be 100% realistic. So yeah, American Assassin. It's pretty good. Pretty good little uh, action movie. Um. I uh, I had an interview. I don't know if I told you guys with Martinez VA, and uh, so I went down there, um, had the interview. It was pretty good. Um, they were a little bit more. I like I like the people who I was dealing with at this interview. Um, did the interview. Uh, I got some info from my buddy who works there about what kind of person they want. Like I told you guys before, like, um, it doesn't really matter what kind of officer you want me to be. Cause I could do both. You want me to be authoritative. You want me to be laid back. You want me to be in the middle. I could do all that. Just as long as I get a little heads up on what kind of person you want, I could, I could make it work. So he told me they want like, you know, more chill people, more laid back more spirit of the law uh, type of officer. I'm like, cool. I know how to gear my head towards that. So I did that. I answered the questions in that fashion. And it seemed pretty good. I got done with the interview. I called my homie. And, you know, he told me, like, yeah, they fucking really like you. Like, right after you left, the fucking the chief called in and asked about you if you were a good candidate or not. Um, the people who interviewed, he said, they said they called him or they said, he said they called me and asked me about you. And he said, you're probably in bro. You're pretty much in. If they're asking about you like that, that means you probably got it or else they wouldn't do that. You know? So I said, cool, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how many people do they have left to interview? He's like, no dude. Like if they're talking about you like that, that high up and, um, you pretty much got it. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's like, yeah, just let me know whenever you get a call or an email. I'm like, all right. So, so a couple of days go by, maybe a week goes by. And then he's like, yeah, uh, you should call whoever called you first and check up on it. I'm like, okay. So I'll do, I, I tried to do that. Like within a couple of days of him telling me that. And the day I was going to call him, right. I get an email that says, oh, we were get to inform you that we chose somebody else. I'm like, what the fuck? So I, you know, I text him, I gave him a screenshot of that email 
I said, well, I guess not. Because the last thing I said to him was, yeah, I'll let you know when I call him. So he's like, what the fuck? So he's like, I'll find out who they picked. So time goes on. And then with that, then blah, blah, blah. Um, to be continued on that later on down. Um, what else happened? I got I got a new tattoo. Um, cool little fun tattoo. Um, I saw it on Reddit on the subreddit art. Um, it's a it's a pretty it's like a cartoon uh, depiction of it's a marshmallow and with a flame on the top of it and it's like melting but it's like the the marshmallow is like alive I guess you could say like it has this face like it's you know like holy shit I'm fucking burning you know it's pretty fun looking tattoo like the the marshmallow has like a uh, a, not a detailed face it's just like eyes and a mouth and it's like Oh fuck! I'm melting. You know, it's it's a it's a cartoon. It's a it's a pen, it's a colored pencil drawing. If you want to see it, um, the artist's name is Grave underscore Ridge. Common spelling on both Grave underscore Ridge, R I D G E on Instagram. Um, you can see it. It's a marshmallow. Fucking um, yeah, the marshmallow picture he posted on there. And if you really want to look deep, you can find out who I am uh, by the comments, and you'll be able to tell who got the tattoo. And then, in turn, you'll find out who the fuck I am. But, hey. If you want to. Um, What else? Oh, I fucking... I joined Planet Fitness a couple weeks ago, um, just cause you know, just cause I was bored. You know, I need to try to go to the gym. Um, when while just not using the gym at work before I go to work, um, so it's it was cheap and it's like less than a mile and a half from my house, so. It's like 22 bucks a month for the the quote unquote black card membership. So yeah, Planet Fitness. I was like, okay, Planet Fitness has a lot of people talking shit about it. I've always seen it. You've seen it forever. Everyone talks shit about Planet Fitness. I've never actually been into Planet Fitness, but I understand where all the jokes and shit talking where Planet Fitness is coming from, just based off um all the info that you get. Like yeah. You know, you can't slam the weights and you can't grunt and, you know, it's a real, basically a pussy-ass atmosphere. So I'm like, whatever, I don't really care about all that. All I need the gym for is fucking, like, a a few pieces of equipment and the elliptical machine. You know, just some shit to keep my muscles awake if if I'm not riding, you know what I mean? I don't need a lot. That's all I need it for is just simple shit. I just need to go there, it's just... I'm not trying to do anything. I'm not trying to lift and get big anymore. None of that shit. I don't need some super cool gym for that shit. So I go there. I sign up online. I pay 
the 25 cents fucking goddamn starter fee and I go in there about half an hour later uh, you know to basically get my card or whatever and solidify my membership so I go in there and I look around I'm like okay it's really simple I don't know if every Planet Fitness is a complete you know cookie cutter franchise like Walmart is but just by walking in there not even going past the front desk yet I'm just like oh shit this place is even though the only reason I'm there is for it's for nothing intense but the type of person that I am I like to have choices because when I start getting into the exercise working out and self progression mode I like to have choices and outlets to satisfy those needs if if it, if it does come up in my head but just looking at it I was just like this place is really just fucking G-rated I guess you could say it's just I was like fuck so I get my fucking card blah 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 she's like do you need a tour I'm like in my head I'm like are you kidding me a tour I could see everything right now this place isn't that big it's one fucking room <laughs> so I was just like and I was like no I don't need it I'm fine so I go in there the first thing I look for is I already know you could you could tell I mean duh I know they have an elliptical machine I see they have some other machines to work out all the other body all uh, the other muscle groups and body and body movements I could see that just by looking I don't need to do anything in depth you could see that at a glance so what I would the, the third thing that I wanted to know if they had was a rower a rowing machine which they fucking didn't. So I was like, okay, I guess not, because I'll tell you, my Planet Fitness is it's it's a gym for lazy people. It's it's a place, you know, they have all this overly positive fucking, you know, scripture everywhere, like you belong and uh, no judgment zone, no no critics and yada yada yada. It's just like one big reassurance that it's okay if you don't progress physically here. It's okay. Uh, Planet Fitness, their whole, um, I guess you could say mentality, the whole atmosphere of that place is for people who say, I need to go to the gym. I'm out of shape. I'm fucking fat as fuck. I'm fucking lazy, whatever. Those type of people that go to Planet Fitness that say, yeah, I need to go to the gym, but really, really don't want to go to the gym. The type of people who don't really want to better their health situation. Just being inside of a gym, these the type of people that go to Planet Fitness, just being inside of a gym is accomplishment enough, no matter how you know, you've, you've seen it everywhere, how people in Planet Fitness Act, people make fun of them all the time. And now I see why. Because, I mean, I'm all for fucking people getting their blood pumping at whatever level. If you're getting up and moving and doing some sort of exercise, getting your heart rate up, cool. But at the same time, letting people just do whatever and with no 
motivation to progress, letting them just basically flap in the wind, I'm not down with that. Because that's basically what it is there. You got all kinds of people in there just doing shit just wrong and just doing like, you know, you've seen all these fucking gym videos or gym fail videos. Everyone's seen them. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? What the fuck is that guy doing on that machine? What is that person doing? They are just completely wrong. They didn't get hurt. They're not doing anything. Whatever they're doing is not benefiting their body whatsoever. They're just doing random movements with their body. There's nothing legit going on here. You know what I mean? And that's what it was when I went in. I was like, what the fuck is this? And you have all these fucking signs over here on every fucking machine. It has the words, no judgment zone, fucking you belong, and no critics, no judgment zone. All that shit is everywhere. Everywhere. You, you, you cannot not see that. And all that reinforcement of is of that you're okay mentality is not okay in a gym atmosphere. It's too much because you're if you go to a gym, you're trying to better your health situation in some form or fashion. That's the whole point of a gym, right? So, but you going up, people, you're telling people that it doesn't matter if you are progressing your health or fitness in any way. And like I said before, it's the type of people who just being in a gym, making the trip to a gym and being physically inside of a gym, that's their accomplishment. Like, oh, I did enough. I'm in a gym. You know, people who spend two minutes on a fucking machine and walk around or looking at sitting down on the couch or the tables and watching fucking Fox News for two hours. That's, you know, oh, they worked out. That's I went to the gym, you know, like, no, you fucking didn't. You just walked into a building with gym equipment. You didn't really do anything. You know, and that whole mentality is it like, oh, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you, you know, you made the trip, you know, like, nah, fuck that. That ain't no, that's fucking detrimental. That is just there's no progression. There's no incentive to progress at at that at Planet Fitness because that whole mentality is. You're okay no matter what. Like, no, you're not okay no matter what. That's why you're in the gym in the first place. You're fucking fat, weak, or whatever. You go to the gym to change that. So if you tell people you're okay no matter what, then what's the fucking point of going to the gym? You can sit at home and be okay and fat. You don't need to fucking pay 10 or $22 to go to the gym and still not make any progress in your health situation. So it's just, it's kind of annoying because even though I'm I'm not there to do anything crazy anymore, I'm not, I'm not about that crazy gym life anymore. I'm just there for the minimum amount to keep my muscles awake and because I'm bored. But the fact that I'm still, no, I'm not that type of person. I'm the type of person who's like, if I start, flip that switch or turn that dial to work out or exercise, I can get carried away. So... The fact that I'm in that atmosphere kind of bugs me because I feel like, you know, I feel like Lance Armstrong riding a bike with flat tires. Like, because all the equipment is just so dumbed down and, you know, G-rated. That's the best way to put it. It's so all this shit is G-rated. And it's like you really can't progress too much in the gym. 
Like, it's just there for you to pitter-patter around, you know. And so, it, it's, I just gotta, when I go in there, I just gotta take that shit out of my mind. And just like, okay, fine, I'm just here to fucking chill, hit the elliptical for an hour, you know, do some light body work and some light weights, and that's it. That's all I need. You know, an hour, hour and a half, that's all I fucking need at this place. Um, But it's just like, fuck, being in the atmosphere, it kind of... uh it kind of fucking demotivates me, even for the little amount that of shit that I need for that place. It still demotivates me, just the atmosphere and how they like to present themselves. I'm just like, I don't want to work out here because it's like they discourage and they they shame you if you are doing some real work in the gym, and they say all these, they have all these fucking words, no judgment zone, no critics, you belong. All that shit, right? But at the same fucking time, they have a thing called a lunk alarm. And I'm sure you've probably heard about this. Where they have an alarm that goes off if you slam weights or grunt. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You have an alarm that goes off if you're too loud in the gym. Because they have this whole fucking mentality. This whole fucking, you know... uh know mission statement almost like no intimidation it's intimidating to slam the weights it's intimidating to grunt like if you're so fucking soft that someone slamming weights is scary to you or intimidates you or makes you feel inadequate you really shouldn't be at the fucking gym like it's 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 because it's it's fucking extremely extremely upfront in your face blatantly hypocritical because they say no judgments no credits you belong blah blah fucking blah you know for lack of a better term a safe space for people who want to go to the gym and basically do nothing but at the same time they have an alarm a legit alarm big ass fucking sign that says lunk alarm and I'm going to take a picture of it I'm going to read you what it says I think I still have the picture maybe I yeah I do okay so they have this big huge sign huge fucking sign that says no critics right and on on the machines in big letters no or the judgment free zone right so keep that in mind no critics and judgment free that's basically their doctrine but they have a lunk alarm lunk alarm an alarm that goes off if you're too loud and so they have a big ass sign that says what the definition of it is and I'll read it to you it says lunk alarm lunk noun slang one who grunts drops weights or judges and the example of what a lunk is is as follows Ricky is slamming his weights wearing a bodybuilding tank top and drinking out of a gallon water jug what a lunk are you fucking kidding me you just said it's a judgment free zone you just said no critics but then at the same time it says lunk alarm so you're gonna have an alarm go off publicly announcing 
to the entire gym that someone is slamming their weights or grunting. Having an, having an alarm, that's judgment. You're judging that person for slamming the weights. You're judging that person for grunting. Because they're, phys- well, duh, they're fucking physically exerting themselves. So that's judgment right there. So that's hypocr- it's hypocrisy number one. Judgment-free zone, but you have an alarm because people make too much noise. And it's, it's going to be intimidating to the rest of the people who they aren't doing shit. Are you fucking kidding me? No critics, they also say. No critics. But at the same time, it says, Ricky is slamming his weights, wearing a bodybuilding tank top, and drinking out of a gallon water jug. That's criticizing. The sign says no critics, but you're criticizing that the person is slamming weights. You're criticizing that they are wearing a bodybuilding tank top. And you're all... This is a this is a crazy one. You're also criticizing them for drinking out of a gallon water jug. And we all know that people who go to the gym and want to be fucking big and buff, want to get big, they drink out of a big ass water jug. Okay. That's usually stereotypical to people who are lifting heavy, but at the same time it's fucking water. It's fucking hydration. Are you really going to criticize someone and be intimidated? Because they have a gallon water jug? Are you that fucking weak-minded and insecure about yourself that you can't see a gallon water jug and say, you know what, that, that's too much for me, a gallon water jug? I mean, that person must be doing a lot of work. More work than I'm doing, obviously. They need a gallon of water. Yeah, motherfucker, they are doing more than you. Are you... F- drinking a gallon water jug and I I posted this picture on reddit and to Jim the subreddit Jim and someone said yeah that happened to me I went to Planet Fitness I had a gallon water jug and they told me to get rid of it because it was intimidating that's the kind of shit Planet Fitness fucking deals with are you fucking kidding me A, a gallon water jug is intimidating people. I I get why it's intimidating to them because you got a motherfucker here who's doing work, spending time in the gym that they need a gallon of water. They're doing that much work. And then you got these other motherfuckers there who are just there just to be there. They see that. And then it just further confirms to them in themselves that yeah, I'm just a fucking piece of shit not really doing anything. So I see someone actually doing work. That makes me feel bad. It should make you feel bad. Because why the fuck are you paying 20 bucks a month to not do anything? Of course you're going to get intimidated by the motherfucker actually doing work in the gym. Because you're not doing shit. So the fact that you see that and you and you have this... The, the Planet Fitness has this fucking... You know, this atmosphere of people that they encourage no don't please don't confirm or put a mirror in front of my face that I'm not doing shit I want everybody around me to be equally fucking lazy that's the whole thing about planet fitness they don't want it's a gym for lazy people it's the fucking Walmart of the gyms that's why they have all these fucking signs up because they don't want 
motherfuckers to actually put in work at the gym because it's going to make their fucking fat piece of shit customers feel bad. There's a reason why you're in the gym. You know you're a fat piece of shit. That's why you went to the gym. That's why you go to the gym to do whatever. And so you're going to get sad and cry because you are rightfully so seeing somebody actually put in work and progress physically. And that makes you feel bad because, duh, it makes you feel bad because you're not fucking doing shit. So they want to exclude those people. They want to make those people feel bad. This whole the whole gym atmosphere is to be like, you know what? Don't feel bad. You shouldn't come to the gym and feel intimidated or, you know, sad or, you know, whatever you want to do is okay. Okay, I kind of get that. It shouldn't you shouldn't have to fucking, you know, in a gym it shouldn't matter about that ego bullshit and, you know, trying to fucking be better than somebody else. It's, it's stupid. It's impossible. I get that. You don't go to the gym to be like, oh, well, I got to compete with this stranger. Like, no, I get that. But at the same time, you want to say it's a judgment-free zone. You want to say no critics. You want to say you belong. Everybody except the people putting in work at the gym, the people who are actually showing progress, the people who actually look like they fucking work out, the people with big muscles, the people with physical endurance. Those people in Planet Fitness Size are not okay. They chastise you. They cast you out like a fucking pariah. Like, oh my God, this person is actually doing, doing, you know, this person is actually using the gym for what it's for. Personal and physical progression. No, you can't have that here. That's that, that makes the, the fat pieces of shit feel bad. We don't like you. We're going to, we're going to make fun of you. Cause I know I get the whole, the whole planet fitness idea is to get away from, you know, Feeling like you're not, you know, as good as somebody else. But motherfucker, you need that. You need that degree of intimidation. You need that degree of embarrassment. Because it's the lack of that in the first place that got you to be a fucking fat piece of shit. You need some degree of intimidation. You need some degree of embarrassment to fucking help you get past whatever physical limitations you got going on while you're in the gym for most normal people. I'm not going to say that because there's, there's a bunch of old people in there and then, yeah, okay. That place is fine for old people that could barely fucking walk, whatever. But if you're a normal fucking adult and you're fucking fat as fuck and out of shape and sloppy and unhealthy, you need to feel intimidated. You need some degree of embarrassment to get you past that. Keep feeling embarrassed keep feeling intimidated because if not you're going to stay at the bottom you're going to stay a fucking fat piece of shit so you don't want to feel embarrassed anymore a step your fucking game up and get a little bit more fit and then get a little bit more fit and then get a little bit more fit but just letting people sit at, sit around and you know wander around not doing anything they're just taking their money so I'm a fat piece of shit. I need to go to the gym. So you go to Planet Fitness because, you know, I'm not going to get judged. I'm not going to feel bad about myself anymore that I already do for the reason I went down there in the first place. So what does that do? Nothing. You're going to go down there and be, it's going to be, be the same as, oh, yeah, I'm fat and I'm at, I'm unhealthy. I'm out of shape. So I'm going to go to the gym. Well, welcome to Planet Fitness. You don't have to do any of that here. 
It's okay to be fucking fat. It's okay to be fucking out of shape. It's okay to be unhealthy. Oh, okay. Thanks. So I'm going to come down here for two hours and not do anything. What the fuck? It's, 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 it's a gym for non-gym people. There is no incentive whatsoever to physically progress. To change your health. None of that. It's, it's not there. And that's fine. I get that. You want to make some money off people and in that fashion? Sure, I get it. That's money right there. Make your fucking money. But the part that I don't like is that how you're going to say this is a judgment-free zone. This is a no-critics area. Whatever the case may be, you belong. So if you're going to say all that to please the fat pieces of shit that go there, okay, but how can you say those words and then turn right around and blatantly be judgmental and criticize a certain body type? That's this blatant hypocrisy right there. Everyone's okay. You're okay. You know, do what you got to do. Go at your own pace. Blah, blah, fucking blah, blah. Judgment-free zone. No critics. Except... The guy with big muscles, except the guy with a gallon water jug, except the guy who makes noise when they're physically exerting themselves with excess weight. Don't make any noise. Don't make the other fucking, don't make the other weak people feel bad. You guys, you guys aren't, we don't like you here. Get out of here. We don't like having a mirror shown into our face about how fucking unhealthy and pieces of fat pieces of shit we are. Take your muscles and go completely against their rules they have a sign that says you belong but at the same time they also have a sign a cartoon depiction of some huge big ass fucking muscly guy with a stringer tank top on and has a big circle with a diagonal line through it big red circle diagonal line those people aren't allowed we don't like those people here well what happened I thought you belong I thought no critics I thought judgment free zone what about that but you have a, a, an actual sign depicting a certain type of body type. And it says they're not allowed. Completely horrible. Horrible fucking place. But, like I said, it doesn't matter. I'm just there for an easy fucking workout every once in a while. That's all I need it for. So, that's I'm just going to I'll just try to get out of my head every time I go there. And then, um, so what else? Oh, I finally saw, yeah, I saw it in the theater. I saw, um, the movie 1917, the war movie, World War One movie. Um, very good. Very good. I mean, I didn't have any doubts anyway, but I saw it and it was like the perfect fucking war movie, man. It was a fucking perfect fucking war movie um the acting was good the emotion was good the the action did i say that the action was good um the storytelling was good all that um the 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 continuous shot technique that they used for the film so it was all seamless that worked very well as well it didn't it seemed like it flowed really well. 
it made the movie seem quick actually not that you wanted to get through it by any means but it felt like this movie just was on fucking rails man it just started and it just kept going even the you know I guess you could call them slow parts of the movie were still had a good driving energy to them and um I think there was a couple celebrities in it. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know for sure the one that I remember off the top of my head. Uh, the kid from Game of Thrones, what's the name? Tomlin, Tolman, that kid, the kid who was, you know, uh, king for like 10 seconds on Game of Thrones and he killed himself because his mom was held captive by those religious freaks. Yeah, that kid was in it. Um, so he's all grown up now. Um, yeah, 1917, good movie, good fucking movie, perfect fucking war movie, for sure. Um, I also saw Fantasy Island. Um, I think I saw that with the girlfriend, actually. Um, that was a good movie, too, that was pretty fun. That was a a nice little, uh, concept they had. I've never actually seen the TV show Fantasy Island. I never knew what Fantasy Island was about. And so now that I've seen this movie, I kind of want to watch the TV show. I know it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be like a, a, a psychological thriller, like borderline scary movie. It's not. I know it's this fucking 70s TV show. I know it's not going to be like that. But I want to see what the TV show is about now. So Fantasy Island was good too. Like um, They had this, you know... Um, from what you can see in the previews, basically, like, yeah, these, there's all these people here, and then they get to act out their fantasies, um, you know, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. And then what they don't show in the previews is um, shit, it's almost fucking one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, what they don't show in the previews is there's like this magical element to it of why the uh, the island um, is the way it is, and then you know there's this whole mystical, magical element to it. And um, but yeah, it, it played out really well. It, it was a, it was nice. It was. I mean, it's not too serious a movie. You know, you can't call it. It's not gonna be like some masterpiece classic or anything like that. It's a, it's just an inter, a strictly entertainment movie. But it was good. Um, I didn't see. It was fun. It had some good funny parts in it. You know, it had some levity to it. Um, it had some seriousness to it, and it had some. Um, some really good suspenseful scenes. It has some good acting in it. You know, the cast was all good. You know, they did their jobs well for their characters. Um, I wasn't mad at it at all. It was, it was a fun movie. Um, and then, uh, what else? I watched that show um, on Netflix. Oh, God. Oh. I'm not okay with this, that show. I saw the trailer for it, you know, here and there. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, But I actually sat down and watched it. Um, Really good. It was good. It was fresh. It was a fresh concept. As far as I know, I haven't seen anything with that kind of storyline or plot. Um, Not not exactly. it, It takes... It takes pieces of normal movies and puts them into a really nice package. You know, there's this girl, 
she's got some, you know, telepathy mind powers, and she's gonna deal with high school bullshit that you always hear see in movies, the typical high school bullshit. You know, she's a loner, she's quiet, and, you know, she's kind of one of those, you know, those girls who wears, like, fucking big jackets, and she's walks hunched over, and she experiences these new things, and she's got to deal with, you know, a love interest, she's got a boyfriend, and then this other boy that she likes, and then you got to deal with the conflicts of all the assholes in school, and then yada, 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 parents this, and brother that, or fucking dad died. And then she's got to figure out all this shit out about why did she able to do things with her mind, you know, all that shit. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a movie centralized around teenagers, but they did it well. They did it really fucking well. It was engaging. It wasn't too boring um, at times. You know, I didn't really go on my phone too much. I kind of binged it actually. So. It moved along. I mean, there's some parts I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, just, char- just character flaws, I guess. Um, but those stupid things that, you know, don't really add up to me watching them. When I watch a show, I'm just seeing things like that. I'm like, why the fuck are you saying that? Just fucking do that already. But I get it. You can't always do that. It's a TV show. It's entertainment. So they got to do the stupid shit as well to make the TV show work sometimes. But overall, excellent, excellent show. It was really fun to watch. Um, so I'm pretty sure they are. They left it. They left it up in the air to do another season, of course. So they're gonna try to run with that. Um, but yeah, I'm not okay with this. That's that not bad at all. I didn't hate it at all. I give it. I give it an, an A minus, I guess. Oh shit, it's been an hour and a half almost. Okay, it's time for some more music. Shit, my throat's getting dry. Alright. Oh, da, 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 da. Okay, this is some chill music right here. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, here we go. This song is called Lernia by Black or six lakh or six black however you want to say it you know who I'm talking about so and the album is called free black all right brb Same way, girl. 
Keep going. It's gonna be a long episode. Uh, oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The girlfriend came up. I don't know. You know when now? It's fucking a couple weekends ago, I guess. Um, took her on her first road ride. She used my old bike, and um, took her on a pretty standard route. And Tracy, um, pretty good route, uh, has a little bit of everything for a beginner cyclist, um, but, you know, she did pretty fucking good, she did pretty fucking good for her first time riding a road bike, she has experience doing spin classes, so that helped out a lot, but it's, it's different when you're actually on the road, in a spin class and a spin class is different from actually being on the road they have their equal um hard parts to them but she rode um but she got a really good dose of what it's like to ride in the wind on a road bike because uh, we were in tracy so it's it's just always fucking windy there no matter what that's one of the reasons why i don't fucking ride in the valley anymore um, but yeah, she, it was, it was bad wind. It wasn't like, oh, this is a lot of wind for a beginner cyclist. No, this was a lot of wind for a cyclist of any fucking level. 
It, it was, they're like 14 mile an hour winds, like the whole fucking time. So she got a good taste of that, uh, along with all the other stuff of road riding, you know, a couple climbs, long distances, some good, some good descents, some good mellow descents to get speed and all that stuff. She got a little taste of everything, but a huge, huge slap in the face, literally and figuratively of riding in the wind. But at the same time, you know, I wasn't riding my hardest, you know, of course I got ahead of her on some, on some parts, you know, I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to baby her, you know, that's part of, if you want to, want to learn how to ride road and get better at it, you got to ride with people who are better than you. So that way, you know, you know, you know, you gotta get that mentality in your head. Like, okay, fine. I gotta, I gotta kick it up a notch. I gotta catch up, you know, not to, not to slack off too much. So I wasn't riding my hardest. Um, but at the same time I wasn't riding, I wasn't riding, you know, right next to her the whole time either. But on the same note, I was riding like, you know, out of a hundred percent, I was probably riding at like maybe 45% I was riding maybe at. So, and she wasn't far behind me the whole time. Maybe on the climbs on some parts, I got ahead of her. And then on this, on the descents, you know, uh, I got ahead of her, um, because it's fucking crazy enough. There was actually the wind pretty much stayed in one direction. So we had a headwind going out. It's a loop. So the first half of the loop was a headwind. And then we actually fucking insane. It's never happens. Um, we actually got a tailwind on the way back in, which just so happens to be mostly a descent. Technically it's going downhill most of the, most of the time it's technically a negative, negative percentage grade. So that was awesome. The wind actually stayed in one direction. Cause usually if you ride in Tracy or anywhere in the Valley, if you got wind going one direction, it's going to change. Like you might have a headwind and then you think to yourself, oh, we'll have a tailwind on the last half of the ride. Usually, no, that ain't going to happen. You're going to have a headwind, and then you'll be like, okay, fine, the wind, the wind is heading north, and I am, no, the wind is heading south, and I'm heading north, so you got a headwind. So then you're going to have a sidewind, a crosswind. And then for some other reason, it always happens in the valley, like, why the fuck do I have another crosswind? Or why do I have a, another headwind on the way back? The wind changes like it's a fucking geographic anomaly riding in Tracy, man. But anyway, and got really fucking lucky that we had a tailwind on the way back. So that was something nice. Um, but yeah, she did really fucking good for the first time riding road. It wasn't a long ride. It was like fucking, I don't know, 20 miles, 17, 20 miles, something like that. But, you know, though her experience... You know, doing fucking Peloton classes helped out for sure. Um, but yeah, she did really good. She wasn't too far behind. Um, and then I think I went, I went to her house, I think, uh, the following weekend out of nowhere, like on a Saturday night, I think. 
And then I met her sister and I met one of her fucking friends. And then we went out, you know, ate and drank a little bit, went back to her house. And then, you know, as this time to get down to business, uh, you know, her, her kids had a sleepover somewhere. I don't fucking know where, um, but it's like, we get back to her house. It's like, you know, 10 30, 11 30 at night. Right, so it's time for us to get down to business, right? Because I didn't drive all that way down to her house for nothing, of course, you know. So that's what we got to do. It's time. It's time to get down. Um, but then, like, on the way home, we're in the Uber or Lyft or whatever, like, gradually going home. Her fucking kid is fucking like texting her, like, fucking all upset about the slumber party, like. He doesn't want to sleep at this person's house. Nothing bad going on. It's not like, you know, there's a fucking a fucking dog fight going on there or something. You know, they're not doing drugs or anything. They know the people. This ain't no stranger. But he's like, oh, I want to come home. I can't sleep. I don't. Uh, nah, nah, nah. I'm just like, what the fuck? Okay, whatever. We get to her house. Time to get down to business. Like, my fucking dick is in her mouth. Right? And her fucking kid is calling on the phone. It's, it's damn near fucking midnight. And the kid's calling. She's got to fucking stop sucking my dick. Talk to her fucking kid on the phone. The kid's fucking crying. The kid's like fucking 10 years old. It's not like it's his first sleepover either. Crying on the phone like, oh, I want to come home. Uh, uh, fucking crying. I could hear him on the fucking phone. It's on speaker. I could hear him fucking crying on the fucking phone. I'm like, I'm fucking laying there with my fucking dick in the air. She's like talking to her fucking crying kid about when to come home. Like, he's like in the bathroom fucking crying. Trying to like come pick me up. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I was I was actually fucking mad. Like, stuff with. This is one of the reasons why I don't like fucking being involved. This is actually my first time. Actually, I think being involved. This is this is why. I never wanted, one of the reasons why I never wanted to be involved with a woman with a fucking kid, especially one this old. It's a blessing and a curse, and this is the curse part. And so it's like, here it is. Here's here's one of the reasons. You gotta, she gotta fucking deal with the kid. Gotta stop doing what we're doing to deal with her kid and some stupid ass fucking shit. Not like the kid fucking broke his arm. You know, the kid didn't fucking run away or some shit, you know. The kid's fucking crying about fucking sleeping on the fucking floor with a bunch of other kids or some stupid shit. Kids in the bathroom crying. Like, what the fuck, dude? Are you fucking kidding me? Grow the fuck up. You're 10 years old. It's not your fucking first sleepover. And you're going to call your mom at midnight crying. Crying on the phone. Trying to come t- tell you to come pick you up. That's fucking ridiculous. Like, I was fucking mad. I was fucking pissed off. Not just the fact that I was laying there with my fucking dick in the air and she had to fucking stop sucking my dick. We couldn't fucking have sex because calling at midnight, crying. But at the same time, I'm crying because the kid's too fucking old to be crying on the phone to his fucking mom about a sleepover situation. And she's like just telling like, hey, just just go to sleep. It's almost midnight. Like, I could pick you up in the morning. It's fucking fine. Blah blah blah, and this kid like calls back like three fucking times during the night. 
fucking crying about this fucking shit. And like, she'll tell him like, you know what? Just go to sleep. You're okay. It's fine. Is there anything? Are you in trouble? She's like, no. He's like, no, nothing's wrong. Nothing's seriously wrong. Nothing criminal going on. He's just crying because he doesn't want to fucking sleep around other people. Motherfucker. Hey, kid, you chose to go to sleepover. It's not like you don't know what a sleepover is. You've done it before. And now you're fucking crying at midnight? Suck it up, bro. Suck it up. If that was me at 10 years old at some sleepover situation, it wouldn't happen to me. But if it was the type of person I am, if I was in a situation to where I was just like, didn't want to be there and there was nothing nefarious going on, nothing, you know, crazy or illegal or, you know, something bad about to happen. I'm not going to fucking call my fucking mom at midnight. Not like I could back then anyway, but I'm not going to fucking cry and call on the fucking phone to come get picked up. Suck it up. Deal with it. It's it's a fucking sleepover. Go to the, go the fuck to sleep. Go the fuck to sleep, kid. God fucking damn. It's crazy. And like, she'll talk to him and say, like, hey, just go to sleep. It's fine. Trying to explain it to him, calm him down. And he'll hang up. Okay, then she starts fucking sucking my dick again. I'm trying to get back in business. Okay, fine. He'll call back. Crying on the fucking phone. And I'm just like, oh, my fucking God. I was fucking actually upset. I was fucking pissed off. On both accounts. And so then she fucking hangs up for the second time with him. And then nothing happened. We didn't do anything. Lay there. Fucking fell asleep with my fucking dick in her hand. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I was fucking mad. I was fucking mad about that shit. I wake up in the morning at like fucking 10 a.m. Because she had to go pick him up by noon. Pick up this fucking little fucking dweeb. So I had to go home early. I was I was fucking pissed off, man. Oh, hold on, I got a text message. I'll read it later. Um, yeah, that shit fucking pissed me off, dude. Like, dude, you fucking little fucking baby, dude. Really? You're fucking ten. You're not five. You're not six. You're not seven. It's not your first sleepover. You're gonna call your. You're gonna be that fucking kid. You're going to go in the bathroom and crying, not sad voice, crying, literally crying on the phone to your mom at fucking midnight to come pick you up from someone's house because you don't want to sleep around other people. Motherfucker, you know what you, you, you chose to go to sleepover. It's not like this was a plan. He went to the sleepover and then she calls me to come over. This shit was already planned out. And then now you want to call your mom at midnight to come pick you up? Get the fuck out of here. That's, that's. Uh, motherfucker's calling me. Hey, what's up? What up, what are you doing? Nothing, I'm taking a shit. Uh, you got work tonight? No. Huh? You all quarantine ready? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I got some rounds. I got nine mil, and I got some fucking some five five six. 
Shit, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I got enough five five six for sure to at least stand, hold somebody, hold off a couple guys for probably about half an hour. I got, I think I got total. I got all my mags are loaded up. I think I got like I probably got a hundred something rounds, hundred some change in five five six, and I think I probably got maybe a hundred of ballpoint nine, and I think I got. Uh, 70 hollow point loaded up already. Good to go there. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen shit going on down in this city. I mean, it seems normal. Like, the traffic's a little bit lighter around here, but that's pretty much it. There's like nothing. No, I don't, I don't see nothing weird going on out here. Yeah. And even. It's deserted? Well, it's not deserted, but people are just fucking staying the fuck at home because they just did that shelter in place order, too. Okay. But. Yeah, I didn't get... I got I got, a, I got an alert message on my phone uh, yesterday uh, for Contra Costa County when I got to work. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't gotten a message for the Valley or anything or any other parts of the Bay Area. Yeah, sure, I mean, I mean, most people are just fucking jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, they're already doing it. I don't think they need to tell people. I mean, it's like, and they're not as densely populated as the Bay, the Greater Bay Area. So people are just probably just like, people around here don't give a shit anyway. They're like, they go to the Bay Area and come home and stay inside anyway around here. They're all fucking working stiffs. Yeah, you want them in the garage? Yeah. All right. Uh, 10.33 is the password. All right. You at work yeah, right I now? Already, already, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm like five minutes away from work. Fucking, okay. Uh, Amazon just fucking went to my house and dropped off all my shit. Okay, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll just go down there probably about, I'll go there down there about probably one thirty. Hello? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go there by around one thirty. All right. When do you go back to work? Uh, Sunday night. Can you hear me? Yeah, I go back Sunday night. Uh, all right. I'll get you up tomorrow then. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Bye. Later. All right. So yeah, this fucking kid, fucking. This fucking shit pissed me off, man. This shit better not happen again. I'm gonna fucking be... I mean, I, I didn't say anything. I didn't fucking do anything to let her know that I was upset. Of course, I'm not gonna fucking... I don't want to deal with that fucking shit. I don't want to go down that fucking road at all. Way too early for that shit, even though it's been like almost six months. But still, I, I ain't... No, I'm not gonna go down that road. I ain't trying to fucking argue about some stupid shit like that. Um, but yeah, oh God, that shit legit pissed me off. That, that was one of those things. I was just like, oh God, that's no, that's, that's, uh, that really fucking bugs me right there. That was some, fuck dude. I'm going to start talking about it. Um, oh, I saw the, uh, on Netflix, I saw the little peep documentary. Um, 
what was it called? Everybody's everything or everyone's everything. And it was good. I mean, I wasn't crazy big fan of Lil Peep. Not in a bad way. I mean, I just never got into him. I never dove into the Little Peep universe. I never, you know, really, uh, you know, submerged myself in his music. I knew of his music, of course. I've listened to some of his music, of course. And I like it. It's cool. The genre of music that he was doing, that kind of uh, new age transitional uh, rap music that that they got going on now. It's really cool. I like it. I got no problems with it um, at all. I mean, he was popular and then whatever. It was little peep existed in my eyes. And yes, uh, he made music and I didn't hate it. So cool little peep existed. Then he died. Kind of sucked. He was a good artist. He was on the surface from what I saw, but what most people see I'm sure people who were really into him knew a little bit more about him. But when he died, I was like, okay, fine, that sucks. He was, he made good music. He made unique music. Um, it wasn't just dumb, fun party music like a lot of rap is, which is fine. And I like, uh, I like that aspect of rap as well. But he was doing something a little bit different, something a little special. Um, and he was young. I was like, that fucking sucks. That fucking sucks. Little Peep died. Like he could have been, and he blew up, and he was on the top for his for his genre, for his world. He was up there, and I think if he didn't die and he continued to put out music at at least eighty percent of the quality that he was already doing, he could have gone on for a he could have had a good run. I think Little Peep could have had a really good run. Um for at least a decade, I think. If he maintained at least 75 to 80% of the quality that he had when he died, he could have even he could have even switched things up. He could have done other stuff. I think that he had I think he had the range. I think he had the depth as a person, as a as an artist to not box himself in musically or have the same subject matter the whole time. With the, with the uh, sl- with the slow mellow, I hate saying this term, but I guess that's what he is. That that emo rap. Um, I think he could have taken that a long way. I think he could have been a pioneer for that genre. He's not the only one to do it. He wasn't the first one to do it by any means, but he was doing it. He brought that genre. He brought that subject matter into a more popular place into a more mainstream place a lot of people don't like that when artists do that like yeah oh this guy was doing it how long ago he's not popular he was not the first one to do this this guy's been doing it for fucking 10 years whatever the case may be the fact is he brought something different a different type of rap to the forefront and I liked that about his music he he did you know he 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 fucking he played the game he brought a non mainstream uh subject matter i guess it is now you know depression kids are fucking depressed at like 15 years old and you know the whole teen angst thing and 
all that shit. It's tale as old as time. But the music that he made about that kind of stuff, about depression, about suicidal thoughts, that ain't nothing new. Not even in rap, it's nothing new. But he did it in a way that just clicked. It it really worked. And I think that if he just maintained some of that quality that he had at the time of his death, he could have had a really good run. He could have been um, one of those... He could have been a really, like, I don't know. I don't know the verbiage. Um, yeah, but he could have he could have been something. He could have had a really he he could have had his face. I mean, this is a bold this is a bold statement, but I'm just gonna use it for for ease of use. He could have had his face on the on the Rushmore of rap for that genre anyway, because he wasn't the first to do it, but he did it well, and he made it popular, and he ran with it, and yeah, I think. He died too soon. I'm not going to say that about a lot of people in music or anything uh, celebrity-wise or entertainment-wise. I don't say that a lot because people die, people die, right? But I think for what he was doing in his realm, in his world of rap, I think he died too soon. He could have done a lot of good stuff, even if it was just within his genre. I think he could have done a lot of good. Um. And I think a lot of people dismiss rap artists like that because, you know, they have the fucking crazy hair and they're talking about this, that, and the other thing. And people like, oh, they write them off as, oh, that's fucking bullshit. That, who the fuck is this guy? Little people, oh, this guy's a fucking idiot. Blah, blah, blah. No, well, look at it differently. I'm looking at it. You don't have, you don't have, because when people like talk shit about Takashi 69 or Lil Wayne or they talk shit about any other rapper that, has that crazy cartoonish appearance and even you know with weak rapping abilities and songwriting abilities yeah fucking like Lil Uzi Vert what the fuck is that fucking fool doing but that's okay because in his genre he's doing what he's supposed to do right Lil Uzi Vert makes the stupidest fucking songs but they're not dumb in his genre he repeats himself all the fucking time. Little Pump. In all of music, if you're going to compare him to all of music, yeah, it's fucking bullshit. It's fucking dumb music. But that's not, that's the point. It's supposed to be stupid, fun party music. That's all it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be fucking Led Zeppelin. It's not supposed to be the Rolling Stones. It's not supposed to be the Ramones. It's not supposed to be those things that we hold as good music or classic music or you know, fucking important music for a generation, but for his generation, it is. That's 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 the that's the theme song for the generation of people who like that music. You can't you can't talk shit about Lil Pump or Lil Peep or Lil Uzi Vert and say that they're fucking dog shit and compare them to every other type of music. That's a classic, quote unquote classic. You know. They're doing what they need to do, and they're making hits. They're making good music for their genre. They're making good music for their universe, for their fan base. That's what you have to look at. Like you can't be like, "Oh, fucking Takashi Six Nine, look at this fucking fool." Well, you don't compare Takashi Six Nine to fucking goddamn 
you know, John Legend. You don't do that. You don't compare it to Michael Jackson. You don't compare it to Luther Vandross. You don't compare it to anybody else. You have to compare it to that fucking world. Keep it in that realm. What are artists doing in their world? That's why you compare it to. You can't call one band or one group or one artist dog shit just because you don't like that world. What did Lil Peep do for his world? What did he do for his rap genre? And if you look at it that way, boom, he was awesome. So I watched the documentary, and I I, I don't and I want to, so I want to know. Okay, yeah, I knew his music. That's all I knew. I knew his music and I knew his look. I knew I knew his his uh his subject matter. I was down with all of it. Good, do your thing, bro. You're doing something a little bit different, something a little bit unique. Cool. People are popping. People are loving it. Good. He died. I don't know anything about Lil Peep. All I know is what I saw. Face tattoos, crazy hair, crazy clothes, and a unique style of music. That's all I knew about Lil Peep. Cool. He's doing his thing. I get it. In that world, he is, you know, he's playing the part. Good job. So now, the Lil Peep documentary came out. I was like, okay, fine. I like Lil Peep enough when he was alive. The very few songs that I knew and actually liked of his. I don't know. I didn't I didn't listen to his old catalog. I come to find out later on, he was he was been around doing things legit. He was doing legit shit for a whole lot longer than I knew about him before he got popular. So then even even finding that out, I was like, good for him. Fucking post-mortem. I was like, good for fucking Lil Peep. Looked at the documentary because I wanted to know. I need to know about this guy. I like him enough. I need to know more about him. I need to show him the respect of an artist that I like to know as much as I can about him. Or else I'm just some fucking ignorant fucking listener. And I don't want to be like that. So if I like somebody, I want to know as much as I can about him. So that documentary gave me and the rest of the world a chance to do that. And little peep story that we saw played out on the documentary. I like him even more. I think a lot of the stuff that he did, some of the parts of his life that he lived at his peak and, and right before his downfall, before he died, as an adult, as a level-headed, cynical fucking adult that I am, I had some problems with it. But at the same time, like, hey, fine, he's living this fucking crazy life, basically blew up out of nowhere. And some of the things that he got caught up in, some of the people who he surrounded, you know, it's a normal tale as old as time thing for young musicians or big musicians people hanging around ulterior motives they want to fucking screw him over fucking steal from him all that shit happened to him but understanding the type of person that he was you could also understand why he let that happen and some of the things that conspired while he was doing his thing I didn't like as just as an adult you know, being an adult about it, which he barely was an adult. He's a fucking kid for all intents and purposes. But I was just like looking at it, like, man, why the fuck you, why you, why you letting this happen, bro? I get it. He had some emotional problems and then he struggled with things. Of course, you could tell on his music and it's, it ain't nothing new for musicians, whatever. But I was, th- I was looking at it just at face value. I was like, damn, bro, like if you would have just saw the light a little bit earlier if you would just listen to these people for a little bit longer or 
you didn't get fucking high out of your fucking mind just a few times and then you talk to somebody about something he could have fucking still be alive today not only in the case of where the day he died about that whole fuck up but that well that goes in that goes into part of it as well the people he surrounded himself with that also played a part in um his his death because of the people who he was surrounding himself with yeah he wanted all these people here he was a he was a nice genuine loving individual with some mental issues some you know emotional issues some fucking um and he wanted to type of person that wanted to be liked he wanted to help people all that shit he wanted to be a good person and that in turn tailors all his time in the music industry people are going to take advantage of him you don't know who your real friends are you have all these fucking people hanging around you who the fuck are these people and then during the during the uh documentary you have his other friends other people who are around him who said that like fucking they would say people tell me like who the fuck are these people in my house 30 motherfuckers on my goddamn floor sleep i don't know who these motherfuckers are but he let it happen because he wanted to help people out he wanted to be liked he wanted to be, have fun he wanted to be a good guy he didn't want to push people away he wanted people around because of his upbringing you know all that all that kind of conflict that we've all heard about before from a thousand different types of people and sometimes he was like man i don't want these people in my house i don't want these people here he would go in other rooms in the document in the documentary and say he would go in other rooms and cry because there's just all these fucking people here and he, he you know probably went in his lucid state in a, in a sober state he realized like these people don't need to be around me i don't know these people these people are out to get me these people are out trying to take advantage of me but he still didn't want to kick him out he didn't want to be that guy he didn't want to be mean he wanted to be liked and ultimately since he had all these people around that weren't all for his best interest that weren't all his true companions or, or true friends that was part of the reason why he fucking died is because he had more i mean if you've seen the videos i'm sure if you know who little peep is you've probably seen something about how he died and the controversy behind it and so this motherfucker is high off his fucking goddamn ass whatever rock stars get high that ain't nothing new but in this situation nobody did the adult thing he was hanging out with a bunch of adult fucking babies and i get it you know you have you're young you're basically poor trying to be this fucking live this rock star life he has all these people around him a bunch of people looking like they fucking live in a fucking goddamn gutter and all this shit. You have all these fucking, I guess you could just basically say shitty fucking people around. Riding his coattails, riding on his shoulders. And there he's in the tour bus, fucking high, fucking dying because he's overdosing on fucking fentanyl. And you got these type of people around you who are all about this party shit. They're immature. And they see this motherfucker passed out. I mean, sure, you don't, at first, at the very first sight of him, you're not going to think he's fucking dying. You think he's fucking passed out. He's probably fucking high as fuck. He passed out. But what do they do? They film it. And I get that too. 
motherfucker is sleeping and looks weird or whatever, of course, take a picture, film it, fuck with him, draw a dick on his forehead. We've all fucking done it. But at the same time, they weren't at the maturity level enough to realize like, hey, uh, okay, fine. We first saw him at this point. We first saw him. He's passed out, head cocked back, mouth open. Okay, this motherfucker's passed out. Ha, ha, ha. Let's get a video of it. Oh, little peeps passed out. Look how funny he looks with his mouth open. Okay, I get that one. You get a pass on that one. Then you go back and check on him again. Hours later. Not minutes. Hours later. In the exact same position. Hasn't fucking moved. And Yeah, that's possible. If you are fucking drunk enough and fucked up on drugs enough, you very well could be in the exact same statue position that you were for hours on end. But at the same time, if you are a mature enough adult, you know that if we got drugs flying around and a motherfucker's passed out in the same position, hasn't moved, hasn't made any noise, hasn't woken up, nothing for hours, let me tap him real quick. Hey, bro, wake up. Hey, bro, your fucking mouth is open. You're sleeping hella funny. We've all done that. I've done it. Not because I think that they're fucking dying, but it's like, okay, fine, enough's enough. Hey, bro, wake the fuck up or go to bed or whatever. Because you're an adult. You fucking think, okay, fine. Ha, ha, ha. We got the pictures. We got the video of him looking weird sleeping. Now it's time to be an adult and let's wrap it up. But not these fucking people. Hours later, same position. Sitting down, head cocked back, mouth open. Hours later, no one decided to fucking say, hey, peep, wake up. Hey, bro, you look hella funny. Wake up. Tap him or something. Hey, bro, let's go do this or come over here. Nothing. That was the second time. And I'm pretty sure if I remember the documentary correctly, a third time, even more hours later. I think a total of like four or five, six hours passed of when the first time they fucking found him and laughed at him for being passed out and to him finding out he was dead was like four, five, six hours. So they went back a third time, still the same position, head cocked back, sitting down, mouth open. And at this point, I don't give a fuck who you are. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. Any normal, mature adult with even half a fucking brain would know, like, okay, fine, whoa. No one. Something's up. Something's up. Something is fucking wrong. And they didn't do that until the third time they fucking found him. Like, okay, maybe he's fucking in trouble. Then they call the ambulance, paramedics, and 911 and all that shit. But it was too fucking late. It was too fucking late at that point. He was probably dead the second time they fucking found him and made fun of him and laughed at him for being passed out. But hey, those first two times, you might get a pass, maybe. Third time, it was too late, obviously. But first and second time, he might have had a chance of living. Might have. Even if someone would have fucking just done something. Maybe if they would have taken it too far and fuck with him while he was sleeping. Physically fuck with him while he was sleeping. Like like you do when your friends passed out from time to time. You might fuck with him. Draw on him. Nudge him. Throw some water on him. Fucking antique him. Something stupid that we all fucking have done before as kids. And sometimes when we're drunk as adults, your friends passed out. Maybe if they would have done that stupid shit, 
Maybe if they were just a little bit more immature, maybe he could have he could have he fucking lived. Moved him, shook in his body a little bit. Maybe he would have woken up. Because I think at the time that he died, when he overdosed, even though he was still taking drugs, obviously, I think if you watch the documentary and from the way what people were talking about him up until that moment, up until that time frame, I think he was ready to slow down. He just didn't do it that time. That was his, his, maybe his last time really was his last time. Because I'm pretty sure when I was watching the documentary when it led up to that moment to where they're talking about his death. I'm pretty sure, maybe I'm remembering it wrong or maybe I was just hoping that within myself that at the time he was died, at that time frame, those few days or weeks before he died I think that he was on his way to be like you know what it's time to stop this fucking drug shit you know um but it was just too late it was just too fucking late and he fucking yeah it's fucking sucked man Okay, it's time for some music. We're at two hours right now. Ooh, this be a long one. God damn. All right, some more music. And then I think I got some more shit to tell you, then we'll be done. So let's try to keep this going here. Okay. All right, let's get this music. Let's skip a little bit, see what we got here. Uh, keep going, keep going. Let's get something. Let's get something weird here. Uh, that's too long, though. That would be a good song, but it's too long. Uh, I gotta take a piss. I gotta take a piss. Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, God. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, this song's fine. Whatever. It's a long song, so I gotta take a piss real quick. Six and a half minutes. All right. This song is called Shadows by The Midnight off the album Nocturnal. All right, I take a piss. Be right back.
Yes, very good, very good. The Midnight song is called Shadows, if you didn't already figure that out. And I told you already either, so. Um, yeah, I still kind of regret not seeing them, but I had an obligation to be a groomsman, and I couldn't because I legit forgot that I was supposed to go to that wedding, and I got bought tickets to see them in SF, and yeah, I couldn't go, but I will see them at some point in my life, um, but anyway, um, let's, let's, uh, drive on here. I saw, um, last weekend, I saw the ZZ Top documentary on Netflix called That Little Old Band from Texas, and... I recently figured out from, like I told you, um, a a hot minute ago, a few episodes ago, a lot of episodes ago, about how I'm down with ZZ Top, officially. You know, coming from disliking their normal, famous songs, you know, because obviously ZZ Top is good, but I dove into ZZ Top, and I really liked them, and, you know, I played... Uh, the whole the whole episode it was all ZZ Top songs, but they made a documentary for Netflix, and I watched that shit, and it was fucking good. Same reason why I watched a little Peep documentary. I wanted to know more about uh, the band that I like, because I didn't really know anything about them. All I knew is they made some really fun and... Um, really badass songs for their t- for their time period and you know they were country and bluesy and they had beards that's pretty much all I really knew about ZZ Top and most people do anyway but this documentary um, of course will give you more insight into the band if you weren't already a big fan of ZZ Top and didn't know anything about them and this documentary did a really good job of that. I knew, I found out, I got schooled on a lot about ZZ Top. And it was a documentary with the members because, you know, they're all still alive and they're all still play. Um, so it was a really good documentary because we actually had the actual artist leading the documentary. So it was a really good documentary. You found out, of course, where they came from and, you know, their ups and downs. Um what they're about, why they're about that, um, and all everything in between those, everything in between those lines, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that documentary because I like the band, and now I know them a lot more than what I did at the surface. Um, so what I need to do now is legitimately solidify my love for ZZ Top and download all of their music now because that's how I that's how I roll so um I gotta get their shit I gotta get I have to get everything they have now so I could have it all at the ready um because all I have pretty much from ZZ all I do not pretty much all I have from ZZ Top is the stuff from that album that I played for you guys um in that one episode from that album, the the Triple X album. 
um, I watched that documentary while we were out in the field at drill last weekend, which is going to go into the next topic. So at drill, um, we went out into the field, we were at Hunter Liggett and we were doing, um, we were out there for four days. Um, and we were doing out there, we were doing some, some semi who was shit out there, you know, doing, uh, STX lanes and scenarios and, um, stuff like that, you know, uh, mounted patrols, react to IED, dismounted patrols, recon work. Um, and it was really good. Actually, it was really good. Cause I was expecting normal shit, you know, like, we're going to go out there and fuck around and stupid shit's going to happen. I want to get fucking pissed off at the normal shit. I always get pissed off at normal army shit. But this time I was, I mean, I really didn't look at it like that. I just expected I, 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 in my head right away, you know, been doing this shit for a hot minute and I just didn't really think about it. You know, I wasn't in my head like, okay, fine, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. I wasn't thinking that, you know, I was just thinking, okay, fine. We got drill at this place in this atmosphere for this amount of time. That's all I thought. Okay, fine. Let's just go do this shit. Grind it out. I'll come home. But as it turns out, it was fucking, it worked out fine. The, the drill that we had and where we were at and what we were doing since we were basically out in the field camping out it turned out better than what I thought it ran and it turned out the way that it was supposed to normally stupid shit comes up. Okay, fine. That's the army. That's the military right there. Stupid shit's going to come up. Different people trying to do different things, bad communication, blah, fucking blah. But that rarely happened at, at my level at what I saw. It was fucking perfect, man. It ran the way it should have ran. We got there. I didn't. My platoon, my people, we didn't have any complaints up front, except from the normal bullshit. I mean, no, of course, we like to complain. Whatever. Like, oh man, man what the fuck are we doing? This is this is dumb. But it's very, 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 very fucking minimal. And from what I saw from the rest of the people, the rest of the platoons, you I didn't really hear any side chatters and no, no side gripes and moans and groans and bitching and moaning about all that shit. I didn't hear it. It was good. We 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 got there. We set up and we executed the tasks that we had to do. And everybody was in fairly and moderately good spirits. Caring, we were just boom, let's just fucking do what we got to do. No stupid shit came down out of nowhere like what the fuck why the fuck is this happening? None of that shit went down. We got there, set up and did what we had to do. Everyone, for the most part, was motivated. You know, everyone was there, had a smile on their face pretty much, smoking and joking, laughing, and we just fucking did the damn thing. It was fucking awesome. It was one of the best drills overall that I've had in a long time, especially for a drill out in the field. And so I was really actually, like, pleased with that situation that we had out there. Um... And so then going back to what I was talking about before about that interview I had. So while we were there, I talked to my buddy, uh, the one who works at Martinez VA. We talked a little bit more about it. And 
he's like, you know what? Fucking call him right now and just act like you don't know that they chose somebody else and ask him to check on your, uh, your interview and your application. So I did, um, at first when I talked to him, he was right there with me. And when I talked to him, picked up the phone, they said, Oh, what's your name? Blah, 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 blah. They checked it out. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll have HR get back to you. And he's like, eh, man, this motherfucker, this lazy motherfucker. So he calls him, you know, he calls him personally and talks to him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we picked this guy. This guy's like, okay, fine. And, um, it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. But anyway, while we were there, before we left, before we left Mountain View, um, one of my other homies told me, he was like, hey, uh, did first sergeant talk to you? I was like, no, what? You know, I'm not thinking it's anything bad because I don't, you know, I don't openly fuck up. So I don't have any reason to be worried about like, oh, shit, what did I do? It's not that. I was just like, well, what, why? Because if a first sergeant wants to talk to me, it's I know for sure it ain't going to be enough about anything bad. He probably just wants to talk to me because luckily we have a unit to where no matter what rank you are, you could pretty much talk to anybody. There's not that stupid hard and fast rule about you know, different ranks and not being able to talk to them, you know, like normal people in my unit, you could talk to anybody, no matter what rank, as if you're sitting, I, I could, for the most part, overall, I could have a sit down and go to dinner and have a beer with anybody of any rank in my unit and be fine with their company. And there wouldn't be anything weird about it. Um, but anyway, so my homies, my other homie says, Hey, the first sergeant talked to you? I was like, no, why? He's like, oh, he uh, he told me uh, that he wants to talk to you about reapplying for uh, for, Sa- for Sacramento VA. I was like, okay, all right, well, I'll get with him at some point because he's got shit to do this week, so he's going to be busy. So I was like, okay, thanks, man. I'll, I'll talk to him when I talk to him. So blah, 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 blah. We're out there in the field doing something. Um just hanging out some downtime or whatever and it was really good too it's like the weather wasn't too bad it got a little bit cold got a little got a little wet out there nothing too crazy but a lot of the times like when we had downtime uh you know in the military well i'm not gonna say you know but it's commonplace in the military if there's downtime it's it's one of those stupid things that those stupid traditions that happens that if there's downtime you know, they don't want you sitting around or sleeping or laying down, none of that shit, you know. But like I said, this drill is running fucking smooth. I think the leadership realized that, so they really didn't give us too much fucking shit, you know. So a lot of the time when we had downtime, I was by my fucking tent. We had a nice fucking soft patch tall grass fucking in our little AO. I'll, I would be laying down in the grass on my back, arms behind my head, just laying down, eyes closed, just relaxing. It was fucking awesome. Or I was watching, I was actually watching the ZZ Top documentary at Drill, because I downloaded it on my phone. So I knew I didn't have any service, so I downloaded it. So, like, I watched a whole ZZ Top documentary pretty much the night before in my tent, and I fell asleep, and I continued watching it the next day. I was just laying down on my stomach with my phone in front of me, and some nice soft ass grass watching the documentary. It was chill as fuck, man. But anyway, it was during one of the down times. You know, first sergeant was walking around, you know, talking to people. You know, he's he's not a, a hard ass unless he has to be. And even when he does have to be a hard ass, it's not that bad. He's a really fucking cool dude. Like, 
he did not forget where he came from as being lower enlisted. He, you know, he's an understanding man. He fucking doesn't, you know, he, he talks to you like a fucking person. He's not that crazy, hard and fast, authoritative type like most first sergeants are. But anyway, he came up and talked to us, blah, blah, blah. And he sees me standing there. We're just standing there, standing around, smoking and joking. He's like, hey, you need to reapply for SAC. I'm like, all right, are they, is it, is it open again? He's like, no, when they do, do it. Because, so, like, you know the interview questions now. And now that I know that you're doing this, I could probably tell them about you. I'm like, okay, cool. Fucking Roger. Got it. Thanks for starting. Blah, fucking blah. So we'll see where that goes. Because these fucking VA people, what they're, what, I figured out what their deal is now. I figured, I think I figured it out. One of the reasons, I think I told you guys this last time, one of the reasons why they probably haven't been picking me is because I found this out when I tried to apply for Palo Alto. I think I told you guys. Um, I don't have a year in federal service yet. So I think they want that. That's one of the reasons. They want someone with a year in federal service so they know that they're past your probation period. That's probably a main reason why I haven't been getting picked up. And another reason, another aspect of it is they they usually want to go for the older guy because they know not that they would have that problem with me, but they know probably up front if we go with an older dude, you know, 40, 50 year old guy, someone who's almost done getting, trying to get out of retirement. If they go with that older guy, they know they won't have any issues with them. I mean, you're not going to have to worry about me getting into some crazy-ass incident or I'm going to end up on CNN or some shit. But with an old guy, you know he's going to be fucking chill. He's not going to cause any ruckus, none of that shit. You don't have to, they don't have to worry about him as much as... They won't have a chance of worrying about him as much of a chance of worrying about worrying with a younger dude like me. Um, They won't have that problem with me, but they don't know that. You know what I mean? So they're going to pick the older guy because they know it's going to be no issues. They have a good idea it's going to be no issues with an older guy. So I think that's what they did with um, this Martinez job. And maybe the Sacramento one, I don't know. But anyway, so I'm going to give Sacramento another try at some point. I'll check USA Jobs and see if uh, whenever they open that shit up again, I'll try them again. Um. But if not, I'm going to have to stick it out in Concord. And then I'm going to have to start making moves probably for an actual city cop job. Which I kind of do and I kind of don't want to do. Because I'm going to go through the fucking police academy again. And then, you know, I got to fucking, you know, re, re uh, revamp that energy I, ha- I once had back in the beginning when I was, you know, 21, 22, which I don't have anymore. That's one of the reasons why I want to do the VA job is because I know it's going to be fucking chill and easy for the most part. To be an actual city cop, you got to, you got it's it's a job. You got to do fucking like, it's legit police work. So you, you got to take it really seriously. I mean, you could slack off and you don't have to take it very serious in the federal system because it's not that hard. And 
it's the federal government. You, it's not that big of a deal, really. You're not going to encounter too many crazy situations. But being a regular cop, that's uh, that's a whole different monster right there. You have to really flip the switch and be on it and every fucking day, all fucking day, because you're dealing with the general public every fucking day. I mean, I know I can do it, but it's just about me changing my mindset about it now to go back to that energy I had back when I was younger. And that's part of the reason why I'm kind of just like hanging back. But, you know, fucking like like the quote I like a lot nowadays uh, that I've really been thinking about um, the statement of it's later than you think. That's a that's a phrase that's really been um, stuck in my head as I'm getting older. Because you know, you of course stereotypically and generally speaking, when you're young and in your twenties, you think you have all the time in the world. I could put that off. I could do it later. I could take some time off and do this. I could I could hang back and do this. But now I'm approaching 35. I'm 32 years old. This is like that fucking, that it's that tipping point, so to speak, of to where I got to make a move for the rest of my life now. This is like the deadline. And usually in normal society, a normal middle class society, you reach 35 And if you aren't already, you know, there, you know, quote unquote, there yet with your career or life choices, you don't have much time to, you know, you don't have much time to waste before you're just stuck and you're really playing catch up or you're never going to make it when in whatever it is you're doing. Of course, there's exceptions to every fucking rule. You know, I could you could do whatever the fuck you want in any age. Pretty much it's fucking America if you really want to. But for the most part, I mean, if you if you ain't if you ain't dug in and set in your life ways or career by thirty five, like you probably just need to you know accept and cut your losses and accept where you're at in life. And so the phrase "it's later than you think" is really something that's been in the back of my head, but it's shouting. That phrase is really shouting in my head. Um, And so I guess I just got to fucking just suck it up, change my mindset, and be like, hey, if you can't get this easy shit for the VA, you might have to either, uh, you know, accept accept your fate and stay at stupid-ass fucking Concord or change your mindset and really have to put that last little bit of energy you got that last little bit of youth that you have in your system and do that big final drive. And then I got to go for a regular cop job and at least try for another, for a second time. Now that the, the, uh, the job market, I guess you could say is a little bit better for the cop shit. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Like I got a couple years before, that imaginary yet hard deadline in society 
at 35 years old, like, man, okay, fine. If you haven't made it by 35, you don't really have many chances to make a U-turn, you know what I mean? And try again. You don't get to go on the ride too many more times. You know, the, the, the amusement park is closing, so you better get it in while you can. So I got to hustle and make my moves within the next couple of years. So that way, you know, I could finally get started and set in a career while I'm still somewhat young and not fucking broken, you know, because you jump into the fucking cop world, like, let's say a normal person starts becoming a cop in California at the age of 21. Let's say you do it right off the bat when you're able to be an actual police officer at 21 years old. And in California, you very well could retire in 20 years and live an okay life depending on what city or county you work in and what you're getting paid and your retirement and whatever, all that shit aside. But, you know, common rule of thumb in California, a cop is only going to be a cop, you know, unless they, you know, you know, go, go, go for the top, you know, become a detective or, uh, an administrator or a captain or something like that. But for the most part, a normal city cop, you know, maybe they might make sergeant maybe, but other than that, they're going to stay for maybe 20, 25 years, and then you're done. Just because you can retire at that at that time frame, you, like, financially should be able to retire in 20, 25 years as a cop in California. And on the other side of it is the reason why you don't need to work so long as a cop, or no, not need, but you just can't. Because, like I said before, it's a fucking serious job. As you could tell, I don't need to tell you that you're you're a police officer, and doing that every day for twenty to twenty five years, it's an extreme, obnoxious, astronomical stress on the body and mind. If you're doing your job right, and so you really can't do the job for much longer than twenty twenty five years, because you are just mentally and physically decimated. Like you really can't do the job for much longer than that if you're doing it right. And that's why you see a lot of old cops, a lot of old sheriffs, old and fat and, and you know, broken looking, working as a bailiff in a jail. Because like, yeah, you don't have to retire at 25 years, but you're so fucking just beat the fuck up by the job, by doing it well and doing it right. You can't be out there on patrol running and gunning for 25 over 25 years that's why they go to fucking be a bailiff because it's a chill job you sit in a fucking courtroom all fucking day and that's it and maybe have to fight somebody who's crazy in a courtroom once every fucking 30 years maybe you know if at all then you write out your retirement as a bailiff or some shit or doing fucking you know some other type of easy shit that's law enforcement related but you're not out there running and gunning like you're on a patrol anymore. So me trying to come in in my mid thirties, I'm already halfway below the game. Cause if we are just doing it theoretically, I should have started at 22. And so if I, let's say I started at 22, I'm 32 in the year. That's 10 years. I'm already halfway done. So I'm, I'm half, a, I'm a decade behind the, decade behind the curve 
if I come in at 35, you know. So that's another aspect of it that I'm not really too keen on. Let's just say I do get a regular cop job or a sheriff's job as a street cop. And I'm 33, 34, 35 years old. You know, I can do it in my head, sure. But the other aspect that I'm thinking about is physically. Because I'm already 10 years behind the game. I'm 10 years behind that, you know, I'm 10 years behind for stacking my chips for retirement. So if I come into the game 10 years late, it's like like trying to play in the NFL when you're 30. People are getting out when they're 25 in the fucking NFL sometimes. Well, granted, they make a fucking shit ton of money. But any sport, any contact sport, any high endurance sport, any high stress sport, you know, American side, you're not really playing much past your 30s. And that's if you're really fucking good, you could stay on and be viable as an athlete in your 30s for basketball, baseball. Baseball, you could get, you could get some distance out of your body in baseball, but you're not very good. You know, you're bouncing around teams a lot in your fucking, in your late 20s, early 30s. You're bouncing around. People are like, hey, bro, you, you, you ain't got the hot stuff anymore. But like football, getting beat up fucking 16 times, 16 weeks in a row. You don't see any fucking 35-year-old football players, really. They're fucking done. They're fucking beat the fuck up. The same with the cop. I mean, you're 35 years old and you want to jump into that high mentally and physically stressful situation. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really fucking tough to do that. That's the main aspect I'm looking at. I mean, to do another police academy again, to go through all that bullshit again, if it, if, if I can guarantee myself a job and they say, yeah, we'll hire you. we got to go to the academy again. I'm like, okay, fine. You gave me the job. I got to do it anyway. So let's fucking go. That would be annoying to do, to go through a police academy again. But hey, it's... It's it's a means to an end. But the other aspect of it, the the other side of the coin that I'm really not hoping, or that, not hoping, but the other side of the coin that I'm not looking forward to, if this does go through, if I do have to take this route, is what it's going to do to me physically and mentally. Is this going to tear me up? Because I'm jumping in. You know, I'm not walking up the hill. You know, I'm getting thrown out of a fucking plane to the top and then I have to tumble down pretty much. But anyway, hey, that's whatever. It is what it is. Go with the flow and take my shots when I see them. All right, so I guess we'll end it with the good old coronavirus. Yeah. Uh... If you're listening to this, you already know what I'm talking about. So, because it's happening now. Um, in California, cities and counties are on lockdown, you know, for lack of a better word. Stay in your homes as much as you can. Social distancing. Wash your hands. Stupid fucking people. Hoarding toilet paper for some reason, thinking that this, you know, slightly more aggressive form of the fucking flu is gonna make you shit your pants for fucking 30 days straight or some shit. 
I mean, I don't really need to talk too much about it. I mean, it's obvious how stupid people are acting about this coronavirus fucking shit. I'm not going to go in too much, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to pick it apart too much. I really don't need to. Uh, uh, there's enough, uh, you, you could actually have some faith in humanity about how many people are actually smart about this and how many people are making fun of the dumb people in this situation. Like, why the fuck are you buying a shit ton of toilet paper? What the fuck is that going to do? If you think something crazy is going to happen and you're going to stay home all this time, which it turns out people are having to do now, what the fuck do you need a whole bunch of toilet paper for? I mean, I get it. I mean, you need to wipe your ass. But at the same time, people are buying a shit ton of toilet paper for what? What you need to be buying is some fucking vitamins. If you're worried about, you know, a virus, why don't you safeguard your fucking body and immune system? Don't worry about your fucking asshole so much. The store should be selling out of vitamin C. B vitamins. Fruits and vegetables. Things that make your body more resilient to a virus and infection, maybe. How about that? But there you go. You got stupid people. I don't know. What the? I don't get it. What the fuck pops into people's heads? They say, okay, fine. We have a virus out here. I mean, we're not going to die from it, really. I mean, you're not really worried about, like, certain death if you get it. You can die from it, of course. But you can die from any fucking infection. But what makes you think that toilet paper is the thing you need a a whole lot of? What? Toilet paper? You might as well say, I need to have a, a hundred fucking house keys made. This makes as much sense as that. What the fuck? Hand sanitizer? People buying the shit out of hand sanitizer? Cool, I get it. But people should be fucking sanitizing their hands anyway. What the fuck? All of a sudden, you need to fucking sanitize your hands? Oh, because you're scared now? What the fuck? Toilet paper and hand sanitizer are going crazy. But not, no, I'm not going to go buy some healthy food. I'm not going to go buy some vitamin C. That's the smart idea. That's what should be sold out. That's what people should be price gouging. Vitamin C gummies, emergency packets, chewable vitamin C tablets, good food, green vegetables, canned food. People are buying all that shit up, but not at the same rate as buying as inconsequential to toilet paper or as inconsequential as toilet paper for this situation. What the fuck? I mean, I'm not worried about the toilet paper shortage of the coronavirus because I'm single and I live alone. So I still got toilet paper. I'm still using toilet paper from when I first moved in here a year ago. I still have some, I have a toilet paper on the roll in my master bathroom. That was from the package I bought a year ago. That's how little I need toilet paper. So I'm not worried about toilet paper. And when I do, when, I've only bought toilet paper twice in a year. I've bought toilet paper two times in one year. Because I really don't need it, obviously. Because I live alone. And I'm barely home. So, the second time I bought toilet paper, I bought a lot of it. Because, duh, why not? 
why am I going to buy a four pack of toilet paper for two bathrooms when I could just buy the biggest amount of toilet paper I can and not need to buy it again for another fucking year or longer? Like I think I have now. I think I'm I'm on in one bathroom. I'm on my last roll from a package I bought a year ago. Both bathrooms are stocked up with the new pack I bought. I think I have in each ba- I have two bathrooms. I think I have about four to five rolls in each bathroom, and they're the big rolls. I bought the huge fucking toilet paper rolls. They're so big they don't even spin when I put them on the fucking toilet paper roll because they're against the wall. They're attached to the wall. So when I put the new toilet paper roll on, they're so big. When I try to pull the toilet paper off, they're rubbing against the wall. and They usually break off because of the pressure. So I got a shit ton of toilet paper. No pun intended, but actually pun intended. Um, but yeah, that's me. I don't, that's my situation, but I get other people have more people in the household. You need a lot of toilet paper. Do you really need that much more toilet paper that you're buying? All all you're buying is toilet paper in a, in a pandemic. That's your go-to. I can understand the hand sanitizer. So I'll leave that off the table, but toilet paper, really just buy the toilet paper. If everyone just bought the toilet paper as usual, there wouldn't be a problem. I don't understand. I, I don't fucking get it. You got stupid. You got morons controlling the narrative of this fucking situation, man. Controlling the circumstances of everybody else, and that shit pisses me off. How stupid people. I mean, I get it. You could understand how people would, you know, stupid people, or even rational people could, you know, get a little kooky in this situation. Even though it's not that, that, that serious. Yes, you want to control the spread of a virus. Sure, stay off the streets. Stay at home as much as you can. But hey, that's my life anyway. I go and go out every once in a while. Because me and my friends are fucking old and we got shit to do. (coughs) (coughs) And I only go out. Other than that, for socializing, I only go out when I need to. I don't want to be outside. Because there's too many fucking people out there. It's too fucking crowded in California. Too many stupid people driving. I don't want to be on out on the street any more than I have to. So, this whole, you know, self-isolation shit ain't nothing new to me. Because, like, here I am. It's been three hours. I've been here talking to you in front of my computer. Like I always do. Ain't no big deal. But, sure, you don't want to spread the disease. Sure, stay home, stay if you if you have the opportunity to work from home, if you're that lucky, do it. Sure, I get it. You don't want the disease, even though the disease isn't like a death sentence if you get it. But sure, who wants a disease spreading around? But at the same time, fucking people get the flu all the fucking time. The seasonal fucking flu all the fucking time because we're all on top of each other here in California. You have to go to far and wide north and south to get away from people in California. So when it's flu season, you know, people get sick. We have a season for it. It's called fucking flu season. People ain't don't act going crazy for toilet paper. But I think the main reason people are freaking out is because it's the same sickness and it's spreading all over the world at the exact same time. So warranted it's or granted it's 
a little different than, of course, the common flu or seasonal cold. Sure. It is a little bit more aggressive, but the the total amount of people for sure infected with this is not that high. If you're looking at a worldview, it's not that it's not that crazy. How many people who have it for sure have it and people dying from it? It ain't that many people. Yeah, it sucks. It's people die, you know, but what what the fuck ever people fucking die every fucking day and just so happens that people are dying a little bit differently because of this fucking virus. But the death toll, if you look at how many people who have died because of this, it's usually because they're in bad health anyway. And the the number is not that big of a deal. It'd be this fucking people being this crazy. I mean, I don't even think, I don't even think, I don't know. I don't really care about this situation that much to look into it, but I don't even think, I don't even think a hundred thousand people have died yet. If a hundred thousand people die worldwide, then I'd be kind of, you know, okay, this is getting, this, this is kind of crazy because it's the new plague, but shit, barely, not even, not even 300,000 people worldwide, even with how much it spread over the world, this single virus, as much as it spread around the world, there hasn't, there's not even 300,000 people in the world. There's not even 300,000 people in the world that have it. Let me put it this way. The town that I live in, the population of the town that I live in, the city that I live in, less people have it in the world. There's less people around the world with the coronavirus than there are in my city. And if you live in California, you know it's not a big number because there's very few places in California that have anywhere close to a million people. And my population is nowhere near a million people. It's not even half a million people in my town. I got 200,000 people in my city. 200,000. There is less people than that with the coronavirus around the world. As far as I know. As far as I care to know. And people are acting wild. I get that's a lot, but worldwide, as many people we have on this fucking planet, yeah, it spread a lot. People got sick and took flights and brought it home, and but it's still, overall, it ain't that big of a deal to be acting this fucking crazy. But at the same time, you have a responsibility as a human being to not be an asshole and don't get other people sick. So yeah, I understand the shelter-in-place aspect. I get the the work from home if you can I get the social distancing but it shouldn't be just because of this situation what I think since I've been seeing this stuff about social distancing working from home when you can the shelter in place aspect that don't be on the street don't be in large crowds getting out of the people sick or don't try to spread the virus by being a, a congregating in large groups in public places I get that for this situation, I get it as well. But we as a society here in America, I think that we should be doing that already. I think 
that we should be practicing social distancing a lot more in the society. There's too many fucking people. I'm I'm, I'm gonna narrow it down to California. There's too many fucking people in California. All right, especially in the greater Bay Area and Central Valley and down south. There's so many fucking people. That's obvious. So hopefully with this whole pandemic issue and then them bringing in the the concept of social distancing, self-isolation and working from home when you can, I think that should be a common practice from here on out. I hope the majority of people understand how good it is that we are doing this in this country. And it's not, and I hope that they're seeing it's not good just for this virus situation, how good it is for the country overall. Because if, let me put it this way, this is what I was thinking. We have social distancing, right? Staying farther away from people. We should do that anyway, every fucking day. Not just because there's a virus going around. Give people some fucking space. We have self-isolation. Stay home more. Don't go out so much. We should be doing that now. We should always be doing that. A little bit more. I hope that we continue that trend after this virus thing dies down or whenever they decide it's not a threat. Practice self-isolation more. Stop going out in the street. Stop. Take your ass fucking home. Sit your ass at fucking home a little bit more. Because if we do that, if let's just say that we continue this trend, you know, of people doing self-isolation or basically for in common terms, keeping your ass at home. If we just kept our asses at home a little bit more every day, even when there's not a virus going on, think about how much that would ease up pressure on uh, a dense metropolitan city's infrastructure. If you think about this thing and take out the aspect of the virus and we just do it as a society in general, less smog, CO2 emissions from cars because no one's driving, right? You're doing self-isolation. You're keeping your ass at home a little bit more. You're not driving as much. If you could work from home, do it more. I hope more employers that do offer working from home or have implemented work from home because of this virus, keep doing it. I hope they keep doing it. Keep letting people work from home. If they want to, you want to work from home? We have the capabilities. I mean, we proved that with the virus, right? So now that this virus has calmed down, do you want to keep working from home when you can? Do you really need to be in the office? No. Okay, fine. Keep your fucking ass at home. Less traffic on the roads. Less CO2 emissions. Less of a burden on public transportation. Because we don't have enough of that in America, which we should have more. And then by people... Okay, let's, let's jump to the next one. People who are, who are able to work from home. If you could work from home, do it. You know why? Because the other reasons why I just mentioned, less less congestion on the roads, less pollution, and less of a strain on the infrastructure of a city and the public transportation because we don't have enough public transportation. Cool. We have all those out of the way. We're easing up the burden 
and the clogging of the system on those fronts. But also, if you don't have to go into a building where you work and you could work from home, if you work in an office and you don't have to go to the office, think about it this way. You will also ease the burden on that building's infrastructure. You're not using as much electricity. You don't have to pay as much money for the building. Cause if you implement a new protocol here to where more people could just work from home from the get go, you won't need as many buildings. You could share one building with multiple companies because most people, there's not a full staff in that building. You could share one big office building instead of having one big office building for fucking Google, maybe have two or three companies in there, two or three smaller companies there that need people in an actual brick and mortar building. So now you're sharing one building when it was just one for one company. Now you got three companies in there. That's a big ease up on, on public resources right there. And another thing, and if we do that, think about all the work that can get done in a city if there's less people on the road. San Francisco, Oakland, all those greater Bay Area cities that are right now, they're pretty much fucking ghost towns because everyone, you know, I'm not going to get into it why there's so many people not on the road because they're fucking more, you know, a little, little bit more, a little bit more timid people, you know. They get a little more scared about shit. A little, they're a little softer. But anyway, there's not, there's, let's put it this way. There's nobody on the streets in the Bay Area. Let's just, let's just keep it simple. Since there's nobody on the streets in San Francisco or the Bay Area anymore, or any, any huge, major, densely populated area like L.A., so you have all these people that are doing self-isolation right now and working from home, right? So the streets are fucking empty. You know what that opens up? That opens up the door for repairing the infrastructure of a city, repairing the roads, putting up new signages, fixing irrigation, vegetation, all that shit that people complain about in their city. Like, why isn't this fixed? We need to do something about this, something about this, fix these fucking potholes, yada, yada, yada. All that shit could get done a lot fucking faster because you know why there's nobody on the fucking road instead of having you know caltrans or construction companies only working certain days of the week or at certain hours during the week because they have to wait for the traffic to die down instead of trying to fix a freeway you know a 10 mile stretch of freeway at from 10 p.m to 3 a.m they could work on it during the day a little bit more they could get a little bit more they, they could get more done more done in a faster short in a faster period of time because there's less people on the road with all this fucking traffic and shit like normal you can't you can't really fix anything because there's too many people out and about but if everyone's keeps their ass at home there's less traffic on the road people could the 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 city the city works departments can do something about all these complaints that people have about the road conditions and you know fixing irrigation, fixing farmland, all that shit that it's hard to do. And think of, oh, I decided about this right now. Think about all the intermodal, intermodal aspects of it. Truck deliveries, food deliveries, you know, getting your shit from fucking Amazon. 
all that shit that you need to be transported on a fucking big rig, think about how much faster that shit will get done with less cars on the road. Because trucks drive slow, right? But maybe they could drive a little bit faster and have a little less congestion in their route with less of us driving 50, 60, 70 miles to work back and forth to the Bay Area, to the Valley, or this, that, and the other. Or wherever the fuck you live in a densely populated area. We got less people on the road. All those trucks carrying the shit that we order and want to buy, they could get it done a whole lot faster. So, if we practice this self-isolation, or aka keeping your ass at home, or working from home a lot more, all this shit I listed could ease up and be way better for the economy in the long run. It's just at a face value. You could have multiple companies doing work, essential on-site personnel that could work in multiple or in one building, multiple companies could work in one building if it's a big building. You have less cars on the road, that means more trucks could do their thing. Less cars on the road means more repairing of the roads and the public works of a city. And it makes everybody happy. You're not dealing with stupid ass fucking people on the street anymore. You're not sitting in traffic as much. Some people can't work from home. I get it. I can't. But those people who do have to drive to work, those people who cannot at all work from home, they could be on the street. That's fine. But if you can work from home and don't need to drive to an office, stay the fuck at home. Help out the fucking rest of society. Ease up. Everything will just, all the pressure on a society, all the pressure on a densely populated metropolitan area, all that tension, all that pressure on the city and infrastructure of it will just ease up a little bit if we just all do what we're doing right now for this virus shit. If we did that, continue that every day, even if there isn't a virus, if we did that, could you imagine? It's it, 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 everything that we hate about being out in society and driving around in your car or being out somewhere. It'd be, it'd just be, it would ease up a little bit. And then that would also force, since a lot of people aren't driving, right? That would force another industry to rethink themselves and unfuck themselves. The gas stations. I use mobile gas in my car. I try to use mobile gas as much as I can because it's very good gas and it's cheap, cheap, good gas. And I use 91 octane. 91 octane, usually in mob- at mobile, the one I usually go to by my house is usually 330, 340 a gallon. Ever since all this shit started, it's 319 a gallon. Duh. People are driving less, so they got to lower their prices. Some gas stations aren't lowering their prices. They're doing the opposite because they're trying to get a lot more money for however many little people do get gas. They got to get their money back, right? But if you're in a high traffic gas station, you're going to lower your you're going to lower your prices because you want people to go to you. That's duh, obviously. 
So if we continue this keep your ass at home phenomenon going all the time, it would force the gas stations to lower their price because not that many people are driving anymore, right? Let's say for the rest of the year we do this shit, even if the virus does get contained and it dies out. If we continue this keep your ass at home movement going for the rest of the year, gas prices will be back down to fucking low threes and mid twos, I bet you, by the end of the year. Because no one will be driving as much anymore. Roads would get fixed a whole lot fucking faster. Shipping costs would go down because it's not that much shit. And if it actually fucking help out because more people stay at home, right? Let's just say we just make it a whole mentality for the American people to stay home more. It would boost other profits too. It would make people buy more groceries because they're staying at home. They're not going to eat out as much because they're going to do self-isolation. They're going to keep your ass at home. So they're not going to use the restaurants as much, right? So some businesses might suffer, but at the same time, you're going to have people buying more stuff because they are staying at home. Because if you're stuck at home, you're going to get bored, right? And you're probably going to be you're probably going to be saving money. Cuz think of all the people who can work from home. And if they start doing that, you're going to save money on gas. You're going to save money on public transportation. All that extra money you're saving on gas and public transportation and probably car insurance too. So you got a little bit more disposable income in your pocket. If you're just a regular middle-class person, you're going to save hundreds of dollars a month just in gas alone. And what are you going to do with that money? You're either going to save it or you're going to spend it. Most people are going to spend it. So what does that mean? You're going to boost the economy in another way. You're going to have more people buying shit online. So the retail aspect of it is going to be a whole lot better. People are going to have some more disposable income in their pocket. They're going to be buying some more shit. I don't know. This is all just off the top of my head. But I think if we continue to do the shit that I've been doing personally for, you know, damn near ever, only go out when I need to and a little bit of recreation here and there, keep your ass at fucking home. Do you really need to be out in the fucking street all the fucking time? No. Be more efficient with with your your time while you are outside, if you can. You're going out to work, try to handle some stuff when you come back. Think about what you got to do when you come back home. I'm sure most smart people do that already. But if people did that more, instead of like, you know what, I'm just going to go home. Then I want to go back out and get this, 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 and this, and this, and get this done. No, fuck that. You go to work. If you have to drive to work and you come home, handle all the shit that you can before you go home. Because once you go home, keep your ass there for the rest of the day. And ease up the burden on the infrastructure of your fucking city. I'm just thinking if we continue this trend, even after the virus is gone, I think it'll be doing some, at least a moderate amount of good for the country. Sure. Some things are going to, sure. Some services are going to suffer without people going out and about so much, but Hey, for the greater good of the country to ease things up, you know, to, to unclog the toilet, to, to, to let the sink 
you know, drain, put some Drano in it and let that shit flush out. Hey, I'm sorry if you work at fucking Applebee's and people aren't going to Applebee's as much because we're keeping your ass at home. Sorry, but for the, for the betterment of the country as a whole, I could take that hit or I could take the hit if, you know, restaurants are going to raise their prices because people aren't going there as much. So when you do go out, it's going to cost a little bit more. I'll take that fucking hit. Cause you know what? I got the disposable income anyway, because I'm not driving as much for all those people who could work from home or don't have to take public transportation or cross bridges and pay tolls or pay as much for insurance. Cause let's say this, if you have to drive a lot and you are able to work from home and you start working from home more and more and more, you can get Metro mile fucking insurance and pay for the mile. So if you don't drive, if you don't have to drive a lot, they're not going to charge you. I used to have it, but I drive an obnoxious amount just for commuting for one day. I drive 140 miles a day just for work. So I can't use Metro mile. I, it was a stupid decision. I tried it out, but it turned out it was a stupid decision. It costs way too much money because I drive too much and they charge you by the mile. But if you could work from home for what, three, four days a week and not drive your car at all, maybe you drive your car fucking 30 miles a week. You get Metro mile or you could get some other fucking insurance that pays you based on how much and how well you drive. They have some kind of rewards for that. If you do that and you, you're not driving as much anymore, think how much money you'd save on car insurance. Holy shit. Boom, you got some more money in your pocket. All that gas all that gas money you save? Money in your pocket. You're not driving to work anymore, right? You're a person who could work from home. You're probably not gonna eat lunch out somewhere at some restaurant or some fast food. Boom. More money in your fucking pocket. Cause you're eating at home. You're not going anywhere. You keep your ass at home more in general, even if you aren't a person let's say you do have to drive to work okay fine you, you can't work from home you still gotta drive to work cool you're still spending that money but if you also practice the keep your ass at home scenario and don't go out as much don't go out to dinner don't go out to movies as much boom you got some more money in your pocket right there and so whatever avenue you take you know work from home or just go out less keep your ass at home or if you do both, you still got extra money in your pocket, right? A little bit of extra money in your pocket, something. And then what are you going to do with that money? You put it in a savings account. Good. That's fine. That's a good thing to do. Or you could spend it. Have some fun. Order some shit online. Stimulate the economy that way. Buy some shit online. Have it sent to your house. Buy some shit online that makes you want to stay at home. Buy some. Buy movies. Whoever does that shit. Instead of buying torrent or downloading torrents like some of us do. But if you're a person who likes to purchase movies and you stay at home more, that's what you're going to do. You got the extra money to spend $10 on an Apple movie or whatever because you're keeping your ass at home. So, boom. Keep your ass at home, people. Continue to keep your ass at home and work from home and social distancing trend. Please keep doing it. Once this virus is contained... And it's not a fucking mass pandemic. 
continue that trend. I hope, I fucking hope that that kind of shit clicks with the American people. I hope it does. I hope people get so used to doing this because of this virus that they just keep doing it. And what I really hope is since the government is so fucking shady, I hope that, you know what I hope that they do? I hope that they do keep this fucking pandemic scare going with whatever fucking crazy kooky government shit they want to cook up and say it's not contained or whatever. I hope they lie. I hope the government lies to us like they always do. But this time it'll be good. it'll be for good. Keep us keep 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 the general population scared enough to keep staying home and not driving as much. Keep that if you keep that going for the rest of the year, I guarantee to you shit will get better. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a little weird for some people to stay at home so much, but not for me. I don't give a fuck. And a lot of other people stay at home all, all the time either. Anyway, a lot of people who don't have fucking money stay at home anyway. Can't go out anyway. So we keep this trend rolling and people just get used to staying at home and not wanting to go out. I hope that continues. But what I think will, what will eventually happen, what I'm sure will happen, the government and the mighty world powers at B will finally say, okay, fine. Coronavirus is chilled out and people are just going to like in a blink of an eye, people are going to forget about all this shit. They're not going to care about social distancing. They're not going to care about this virus. They're not going to care about getting sick anymore because the people on the TV say it's not a problem anymore. And as soon as they hear that, they're just going to flood the fucking streets. That's what I think is going to happen. They're going to be so ready to go out and do things because they feel like, oh, I can't be inside my house all cooped up. I got to get out of here. So hopefully, hopefully it lasts long enough to where people get used to staying at home. But what I think was going to happen is all of a sudden the coronavirus is not going to be an issue anymore. And then people are just going to be boom, back to, back to flooding the streets, going out anywhere and just clogging up the system again. That's probably what's going to happen. I don't want it to. I think it'll be a good for the, I think it'll be a good, nice break for the economy and daily way of life as a whole. If we just keep our ass at home, like people are doing right now, continue this trend for the rest of the year. I think it'll be a good thing for the country, at least a little bit. And on that note, I'm fucking done. My voice, my throat is getting fucking dry. It's starting to hurt. And it's, god damn. Oh, congratulations. All five of you that listen to this three-hour episode. All right, so let me close this, close this diary real quick and get some music for you to head on out. I'm going to keep going here. See if I can find something I haven't heard in a while. Something a little bit different. Give you guys a song that's not too long. Come on. Give me something. That might be good. Let me keep looking. I'm going to go back to that one. Mm, no. Actually, you know what? This is a good song. If I remember correctly. No, this is a good song. I know this is a good song. Okay. It's it's a good it's a good it's a good length song too. Alright. Alright, I'm out of here.
fucking three goddamn hours of this shit, me rambling on in this fucking audio diary I got going on here. So three hours and 20 minutes right now. So let's let's chill out. Be three hours and 25 minutes. All right, here we go. Song is called Stress Factor by the great Andre Nicotina off the album Canthology. All right, here we go. See you motherfuckers later. Don't push me cuz I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. to my soul and I'm staring down at something that's very out of control tolerance at zero emotions dead and gone if endo was a pebble man consider me stone patience low I'm rest to go I got to get ahead motherfuck these hoes and them popos I got to get my bread the streets ain't nothing nice they crooked like the itis and everybody's dipping seeing who can get the highest but check this out man without a doubt it's about who's coming fresher it's about that cash man protect that ass don't panic under pressure might snap in like a whip or better an alligator temper going up and down like a fucking elevator bitch i want it now don't give me no delays my hustle got me tripping listen from my turner ways man this life is real no time to be an actor and i'll play that no man let me know is this a stress factor to sleep a down ass wife and when i die i'll rest in peace but man that's all a dream this doja got me bleak it got me feeling good but i forgot what i did last week man look at my face this shit ain't fake the pain unturned the pressure every nigga that know man feel me though don't cop down to a lesser my mother woke me up one day said boy you getting grown your mama has three jobs your mama's getting known so i took it as a hint when on my mission spree my full of hatred got me fuckers times it's hard you see that monkey's on my back and i can't get them off so whatever i do mom's it for you no matter what the cost i put that on my life everything i see is dark money is rare but i don't care man stop that nigga's heart he's coming like a big wheel i'm coming like a tractor man take this hate run it's too late man it's the stress factor Shit don't stink, but yes it do. I thought you knew I'm not a coward or a fink. 
One side of my heart got love, the other side is hate. And boy, that hate is fearing love right in his fucking face. Women ask me how I'm living, I tell them day by day. With a doja join that lovely voice of Mr. Marvin Gaye. Man, I got to get away, that just might do some good. But every time I get away, I miss the fucking hood. My homie lost his job, he don't know how to react. So I do our things to help him out like took a little crack. But that shit's overrated, and it gets complicated. But you never know from that cash flow and the way the picture's painted. Motherfuckers whisper and think that I don't hear them. And wonder why I'm over high and never will go near them. Much love to all my niggas from working in the jackers. Cause no matter what you feel, this cut is called the stress factor.